Hello and welcome to Second Podcast, a Lord of the Rings series by the Dorky Diva Show. I'm your host, Savannah. And I'm Brian. And we are thrilled to be here today to talk about The Two Towers, (laughs) OMG. So exciting. And we have a very, very special guest joining us today, Mr. Jim Mello, a.k.a. Obes Kenobes from Twitter, the best Twitter account ever. Hello, Jim. You're too kind. You're being too kind right now. And it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm already having trouble finding the words. I feel very red in the face. Good. I may start crying already. Perfect. This is well, the warm up. <laughs> we're just so happy that you're here. And I'm so happy that when I told you, Brian and I were doing this podcast, you were like, well, if you need anybody to talk about Gandalf versus the Balrog, oh like I'm here for you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, Jim, we're definitely going to invite you on the Fellowship of the Ring episode. And you were like, oh, but it's actually the two towers. And I was like, right. I know these things. <laughs> so like, the it's a very fight. specific part of the Balrog versus yes. Gandalf fight that yes. I, yes. And, like I wish you guys could see the screenshot of my notes on this one scene <laughs> yeah like I sat here and I was just typing up like this morning like typing up all the stuff I wanted to talk about because I don't want to miss anything because I love anyway we got to get to that point so yeah <laughs> we're just so thrilled that you're here we're so happy that you well, can join thrilled us to be here we adore you you're literally the funniest person on the internet and it's oh, gotten God. to a point where <laughs> so many people follow you on Twitter that people <sighs> It, that I follow who are not in the Star Wars sphere of influence at all, they will share your post to like their Instagram stories. And I'm like, ah, I know that guy. That's the guy. You follow him. He's too. So stupid. He's the stupidest <laughs> man. Why is he getting shared? He's so no, no, dumb. No. That's my title, Jim. Aww. What are you doing here? <laughs> you can't come into our house and start taking our titles. <laughs> it makes me so happy. So anyways, Jim, we're here to talk about The Two Towers, as you know. Yes. But before we get into discussing the movie, I want to know um, like your backstory with Lord of the Rings, how you became a fan, how it's impacted your life. Just tell us everything. Um, okay, so I became a fan because of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the... like. I grew up in that time where fantasy wasn't really a big deal in like the late 80s, early 90s. At least I I feel like we, we were all the children of Star Wars and Indiana Jones and the Terminator and, and stuff like that. So I was aware of like Lord of the Rings through like the Rankin Bass um, cartoons. And uh, like, I think I read The Hobbit like in school, but I wasn't really paying attention because I sucked. And um <laughs> And then randomly on like a holiday, the I think 2001, the Christmas break 2001, I, I stumbled into Fellowship of the Ring, like, and everything changed. Mm-hmm. Like there's, cause there's nothing like, like, I remember seeing that movie and it was one of those experiences where like you come out of it and you, and, and there's been a sea change, like something in you changed by watching this movie. Um, and I had to know it, everything about it afterwards. So like I went and got, um, I don't know if you guys remember, um, but I, uh, I, I, I used to subscribe to Star Wars Insider because mm-hmm. like that was the only link to uh, like Star Wars fandom at, at large. And then when these movies started coming out, they had a Lord of the Rings Insider. Mm-hmm. So I immediately subscribed to that. Like I was so excited for it. And then... Um, but yeah, it just like it it took off from there. Um and I don't think 
there's a movie series really that's paralleled the quality, the consistent quality of these three movies, like before or since. Um, they're just incredible movies. Um, totally so yeah. agreed. Totally agreed. Who Who is your favorite character? I, I mean, know, I we really, asked the hard I, ones. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, everybody, I, I think it's really hard to of course. not say Aragorn because yeah, you know, yeah. every, you have to. he's 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 a Come hunk. <laughs> yep. He's yep. he's a sweet hunk. Mm-hmm. He's just he's running around with a sword. He's just so great. I just <laughs> love, I love him the death, you know. He's 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 a reluctant hero, mm-hmm. you know. Um he's the he's faithful, he's true. He's just so perfect and, you know. Agreed. Perfect man. Yep. Yeah. We we're we're team Aragorn here as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're it's... not on team Aragorn, something is wrong. Get with out. You. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I'll say it. I mean I mean, Gandalf has sort of come up there for some reason. Like as I've gotten older, my again, yeah. like the appreciation for the Gandalf Balrog fight. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just it, yeah, Aragorn's Aragorn's Aragorn. It's hard to not love Aragorn from the bottom of your bottom of your soul. So. Totally yes, agreed. That's so true. So true. Well, I love that your your story is a little similar to Brian's in the sense that you've been a fan of this for a very long time, and I am still very new to this i love hearing about people that have been into lord of the rings for a while uh but let's get into it's it's fun like i feel like i'm a part of like a special family now yeah like jim isn't it interesting because i don't know anyone else other than savannah (laughs) who hadn't seen lord of the rings up until recently i've met a few people and like to me, it's just like, again, everything's going to relate back to Star Wars in some way because... Yeah, we're you know. the same. But like, it's like when you meet someone who hasn't seen Star Wars, like, I don't berate those people. Like, I want to, I want them to watch it so I can experience it vicariously yeah. through them again, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's so fun. I'm just like, yeah. oh, oh, you don't know what's... Go- <gasps> oh, man, you're in for a treat. Yeah. I, I want to watch you watch the thing because this is magic about to happen. Yeah, I'm so excited to tell you guys like what I thought about this movie because there's so many surprises and I had yeah. <laughs> absolutely no idea <laughs> that certain things were going to happen. When I saw these movies, I had never experienced the story before. So like as these things like when when Gandalf died, quote unquote, in Fellowship of the Ring, I was like I was devastated. Is is he dead? Like this yeah. is the only character I know from this like I've ever heard of from this series and he's dead. Like what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, was, I, I didn't know. It was funny because um I went and saw Two Towers. Two Towers, like Two Towers and Attack of the Clones came out in the same year, and that was like the first time like I had like ever. a little extra money to mm-hmm. go see movies multiple times. So I saw both of those movies like too way too many times in the theaters. Fantastic. Um, but uh I had to know what happened after Two Towers like Aww. at the end of two house so like the first lord of the rings book i ever read was return of the king because oh. <laughs> i was just That's like I, I, I was like no i'm skip- i basically know the outline of this i'm not reading those i need to know what happens <laughs> next so i just read that and then i and then i was confused it was like kind of odd because i was like this is very different. I have no, I have no idea who any of these people are, but it's all, it was also great. <laughs> right. Oh, that's funny. But anyway, I could see myself doing that. Like having yes. to wait that yeah. long for the next movie. I would definitely do that. But I love it. Like this, I mean, at that point, these movies had been in the cultural lexicon or not movies, but the story had been in the, the lexicon for what, 60 years yeah. at this point. Like Decades. you wrote it in the late thirties, forties. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
and and uh, and here's me like basically trying to spoil myself by reading a, the actual book. <laughs> yeah, so, that's so cute, God. though. Oh, oh my it. God, I love, I love it so much. I love that's I love adorable. This so much. Anyway, well, for those of our listeners that listen to our discussion of the Fellowship of the Ring, we're going to be structuring this episode a tiny bit different, not super different. We're still going to be talking about the movie um, <laughs> chronologically. But we're going to group certain scenes together, discuss those scenes, and then move on to the next uh, chunk of scenes so that we have more, you know, moments of breath to talk about it and get into it. Literally. Because I uh, I listened to our Fellowship of the Ring episode because obviously I was editing it and I was like, I really didn't talk that much and I'm a little sad about it. And I almost asked Brian if he wanted to re-record, but I actually knew I had no time to do that. So we just went with what we had. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to make sure we had like plenty of time to to talk about these scenes. So let's get into it. Uh, The first group of scenes are the establishing shots, uh, the opening so that we find out where our various characters are at. And we start with the Gandalf versus Balrog fight. Then we move on to Sam and Frodo scaling down the mountain. They meet Gollum, and we find out that Merry and Pippin are with the Urukai, and they leave a little trail behind with their leaf pin so that Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli can find them, and those three guys are still chasing after Merry and Pippin. So those are the first scenes we're going to talk about. Jim, you have the floor. Go for it. Gandalf been, versus I've, Balrog. I've, I've basically <laughs> been waiting for you to like release me from this Gandalf Go versus for Balrog it. cage Go for the it. entire time. So like, let's talk about what a narrative choice this is, because like we like really quick. I was thinking about this this morning when I was rewatching it. Like again, I had never experienced the story before. So it it starts at this very pivotal scene and 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 fellowship and then gives us that like whole perspective there. Mm-hmm. Um and it was like I remember being in the theater like oh 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 this is happening like he's actually <laughs> alive and like starting to freak out. But like so the thing about this whole sequence and you know the sequence carries on to later on in the in the movie um, where it has like one of the greatest lines in a movie ever. Uh, but it's like, I, I don't think I, I cared as much when I first saw this besides like the fact that Gandalf was back and it was super rad, just how stunning this moment is because one, you have Howard Shore on music going absolutely insane with like the, the, uh, like the Gregorian chants and like the, uh, the drums as like Gandalf plunges after the Balrog. And it's just like, it's unlike any other action scene to me because like it, the Aragorn Legolas Gimli stuff is like this really well choreographed, like, I mean, amazingly done fight scenes. Like they're very visceral. Like you feel the impact that you, you're, you're spatially aware of what they're doing, but this is so cinematic like it is it is epic it's two cosmic beings literally mm-hmm. fighting through like I, I i say dimensions but like like they're it's like, like realms yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it and it's just like the scope all of a sudden this movie the scope just opens up and you have this cosmic encounter between these two beings and it's just and i mean he's literally like riding and fighting a fire demon like <laughs> into the sword. depths of the earth he's literally <laughs> doing that like it's there's no it and it's it is incredible like i i cannot get enough of this like when it when it's when this scene starts i am 
I'm so stoked. I get kind of teary eyed. I'm like, this is so <laughs> rad. It's just the raddest thing ever. And I love it. I love it to death. Like, I just think it's a wonderful, like that tracking shot. Oh God, I love it so much. Anyway, but yes. <laughs> I agree. I love your Dude. enthusiasm. It makes me so happy. Just watch the scene. Tell me I'm not wrong. Like, you oh, just, no, you're like, not wrong it, at all. It does that digital tracking shot of like Gandalf Falls. And, you know, and this is a moment in the previous movie where you're like, oh, this hurts so bad. And then yeah. you realize he's doing literally the most badass thing in any of these movies. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, oh, I love it's so scene. crazy to me because I always forget like I, I think I've watched these movies 20 times now. I know that's not a lot, but in the last year, I've watched them about 20 times. Every time we get to Two Towers, I forget that this is the opening. Like, I, I forget <laughs> that we get to see this again. I think, I always think that it ends with the Fellowship of the Ring, and that's it for Gandalf and the Balrog. And then we open with this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, we get into it now. And it's always a surprise to me, like, every single time. Yeah. I will never forget it because I remember going to the theaters and seeing it and you hear Gandalf, the dialogue from the scene before you see him because mm. it's the shot of just the mountains and then you just hear him uh, giving his speech to the Balrog. And I remember I started crying <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because I was like, it's Gandalf, oh man. You know, I didn't know what was coming. So I was just like, that scene that made me cry last time, I got to relive it again. And then, oh, he's going down. He's going down to get his... Oh no! Oh, and then just <laughs> grabbing onto the horns and like flipping over onto his chest, and literally just—he's cutting it with a sword. He's cutting it with a sword. That's one of my favorite things about Lord of the Rings is it has the mythical, crazy creatures of multiple realms and time, but also they can be killed with a like just a weapon. Like, this is what like Bard well, killed a dragon with an arrow. Yeah. What? I love it. I mean, it is. I mean, we're kind of skipping ahead here, but he does infuse. His sword with uh, that is true. He does have with lightning. He does have glamdring. He's carrying still, the faux hammer. To be fair, <laughs> which is still literally the most metal thing I think that's ever been a movie. Yeah. It's like a man, you know, lightning striking a man's sword before he stabs a fire demon with it. It's just you, just, know, you know, that's my but, next back piece. Oh, please <laughs> get matching. I just get want that on the side of like a seventies Astro van, like that, yes. that image painted on the side of like a seventies Astro van. Agreed. It's, it's so rad. Anyway, one, day, one day we'll like travel around the country and do podcasts around the country and we'll travel in that van. We'll just recreate the scenes and we'll switch them. You can be the Balrog first and I'll be Gandalf. And then Savannah, you can be Frodo yelling like, sure. No! And then Jim and I will go parking lot to parking lot <laughs> and do these things for ourselves. Can right? there be actual fire involved? Of course. Real awesome. swords, real fire. <laughs> Real ball rocks if we can swing it in the budget. <laughs> I don't think we have that budget. <laughs> I, but I, I love that scene. And when you mentioned the scope, the shot that I always think about in this particular sequence is when they go into the open cavern and you see like the speck that is the Balrog and then the water on the bottom. And it's like, mm -hmm. how big is that? Like we thought Mordio was big when they went into the halls first. We're like, oh, that's pretty big. But then you yeah. see this room and you're like, that speck is the giant thing. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it, just the scale of it is unlike any other like action scene between just yeah. two beings. Agreed. It's just, it's unbelievable. Agreed. It. Strong way to open a movie. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And I love the, the beautiful landscapes we see at the very beginning too. That's like the best yep. thing about, not the best thing about this movie, but one thing I do love about this movie is there are so many stunning 
panoramic shots of mountains and beautiful scenery. Yep. It's like the best. Um, New Zealand, man. Gotta go there. Gotta go gotta there. Go there. We're gonna go, Jim. You coming? Yeah. Yeah, I'll come. Start Sweet. saving. No okay. Cool, we gotta cool. have a lot of money. Um yep. <laughs> I love I love how we check in with Sam and Frodo in the beginning of this movie because there's like a hint of humor. And Brian, you know I talk about this a lot in regards to like Star Wars stuff, but I think humor can be done very poorly. It's a very tricky mm-hmm. balance to do humor correctly in a in such a serious movie with such high stakes. And yep. I love in the beginning of this movie. You know, stakes are very high. Things are going bad. Uh, we check in on Sam and Frodo. They're scaling down this mountain. And we think that Frodo is like slipping to his immediate death. And he's like, oh, the ground's right here. And then they're trying to untie their knot from the rope. And Sam is like, oh, my knots are the best. And then it's like, boom, it's undone. We're fine. Everything's fine. And I just love that like little hint of humor in the beginning to lighten things up before it starts to get very bad and very serious. And I think they do that in such a good way. Well, you got lucky because all of that is extended. No, none of that. See, is in the Jim, cut. I don't know what's extended. That's crazy because I've never yeah. seen the theatrical cuts. Like everything you just said, extended. No it's, way. It starts with Frodo waking up. You're like, Gandalf! And you think it's a nightmare. Or at least I did when I was watching. I was like, okay, so none of that was real. Frodo was having a dream. So I was really surprised. OMG. Things happened later. But yeah, it goes from that to them walking around. Everything with the, the, the seasoning, with the elvish rope, with like scaling the side. None of that is in the original cut. Why? <laughs> Time, Why do the theatrical cuts even well, exist? <laughs> well, because Two I, Towers is one that's really extended. There's it's like super long. Two Towers and Return of the King have like almost an hour added to them, as they should. Yeah, I agree. Can I? Can I? Can I give you guys my hot take here? And I, I oh, know that I'm gonna, veto, I'm gonna veto. Uh, I'm gonna veto my Lord of the Rings fan cred yeah. here, but yeah. <laughs> I love the theatrical cuts of these movies. I that's, loved them that's too. Good. <laughs> but the th- because the thing is, is like, like I, I mean, I appreciate the extended cuts, but the theatrical cuts still get all the emotion, all the character stuff. They still get everything right, and mm-hmm. so I, they're just incredible. But yes, the extended editions do make them like twenty times better. But I still love the theatrical cuts. I have I agree not with seen you. the theatrical cuts, but I assume they are still so good because it shows like the good choices within the editing that they made right. to condense everything and still tell the story, still have the emotion and all of that. But obviously the theatricals you, are just like fluffy and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I think you can definitely see why, why certain scenes are just in the extendeds. I mean, everything, I mean, comparatively, obviously the theatricals feel very lean, yep. but they still, oh man, they're still so good. And there's still so much, there's still so much character stuff in the extendeds though, that mm-hmm. it just makes it, it, and, Watching the extendeds never feels like you're just watching deleted scenes. It always feels mm-hmm. like you're wa- you're definitely watching a whole story. And a lot of extended cuts of movies feel like okay, they just put some deleted scenes into this. I agree. So, and I also agree with you. Before I'll throw I'll throw my card in with you. I got your back, Jim. Thank you. The the theatrical cuts are what we grew up on because mm-hmm. the extended cuts didn't come out right away. So that's what we loved and watched time and time and time again. I love the theatrical cuts, but the extendeds is like. When you have like just chocolate ice cream and then you <laughs> discover that there's chocolate and mint, you're like, whoa, okay. Also, you know, also the extendeds had the the amazing documentaries that oh were just unbelievable. Exactly. Which I know I don't want to de- 
derail us too much, but I watched those ad nauseum. I love yeah. them. Oh my so gosh. Much. So good. Fantastic. I just wanted to go to Lord of the Rings. I want I wanted to have like a summer camp that made you feel like you were on the Lord of the Rings set. Like that's can we what just I start that? As a teenager. Like we, we would make so that. much money. No oh, age so limit. Good. Anybody of any age can come. Listen, if you guys had lived in Naples, Florida <laughs> and had your own sword. We were so close. Because of course my brother and I did. We just went into the back of random yards and like cut down things. And we're like, they're orcs. And we did that. A lot. <laughs> That's precious. Yeah, we made our own. And now we're adults, so we can do whatever we want. We can buy better swords. <gasps> yeah, I, st- I still just take my sword and go into my neighbor's backyard and cut down <laughs> trees and stuff. Just... Listen, if you need help, just blow the horn of Gondor. And Rohan <laughs> will answer. man, seen chopping <laughs> yeah. a cat in half. <laughs> can you imagine the, the news article? Florida man blows a... Re- screen accurate replica horn of Gondor and then another man <laughs> drives hours to answer saying the beacons were lit we don't know what's going on the story's developing <laughs> where was Gondor when Westfold fell it's only funny because I could actually picture this happening yeah. with you two. Oh my god yeah wow. it would happen it absolutely would I'm holding my replica of the horn of Gondor right now Fant- I've so. got my hand on my sword <laughs> I just lit a pyre in my backyard. So. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys later. Hold on. And Brian will answer. I love it. I want to know, yeah. what did you guys think? Uh, because you saw these movies, you know, pretty close to when they came out. And CGI characters were still fairly new at the time with Jar Jar in the prequels. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think when you saw Gollum for the first time? Jim? That's a good question. Um, I have a I have some notes on Gollum here because um again, Ooh. watching it from a not from a technical perspective like Savannah's asking, although that's a sure. really interesting question because you know Go- Gollum's often cited as like the first real like venture in a mocap, even though as we all know, sweet our sweet boy Jar Jar Binks and mm-hmm. on the best um really did a lot of the pioneering there. But um I didn't really know what to think of him because I think I was aware of him as like a like a like a background villain. Like I knew the name from The Hobbit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, uh, from a, on a technical level, um, I mean, it's still a stunning bit of acting by Andy Serkis. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, it made an entire career for him. So um, I think, but yeah, I have some more thoughts on Gollum, but more of his story story arc later. Sure. Okay. I don't want to get into. What about you, Brian? I mean, I, I was a kid, so I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> there's no, there no further, this no is further a technical thought. advance for our time. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? I feel like this is cutting edge technology that they're just <laughs> starting to develop. Me at like 11. I was like, no, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did what did you think, Savannah? Like watching it now, 20 years later. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's so funny because... Um, I really had very little knowledge of these movies before watching them. And I knew who Gandalf was. Honestly, that was about it. And this is this is going to make me look like an idiot. But I'm not really into Harry Potter. I've seen the movies once and I don't really remember anything about them. But oftentimes, I think in my head, I get Dobby and Gollum confused for like being the same character. <laughs> in your head, the precious occupies the same space as a sock? Yes. And you know what's funny is my mom is a oh very big Harry Potter fan. 
and this is a new mm-hmm. thing for her, but she's very into Harry Potter. And she texted me literally two days ago and said, hey, what's the character in Lord of the Rings that's a lot like Dobby? And I was like, okay, I'm not the only person like making this connection then. But <laughs> at the time, I very much confused them for the same character. So I didn't know what he was going to be Interesting. like. But as far as how he looked, I was like really impressed with how uh, real he appears because I think we all know when you go back and watch movies that are 20 years old, it's usually pretty easy to spot what is uh, CGI and what is not. And I find that very difficult when watching these movies to pick out what's fake and what's real because mm-hmm. they did such a good job with him. Um, he is disgusting and he terrifies me. <laughs> and there are um, there are multiple scenes in these movies where for the first like 10 viewings, I would literally cover my eyes because uh, <laughs> I was either disgusted or scared. And like the Shelob scenes, I've never oh, yeah. seen those because I can't. <laughs> I have a problem with spiders. <laughs> I can't Aww. can't watch them. And when Gollum first came around, it was one of those things where um, I would cover my eyes. So, uh, and I think, I think when we watched these last year, could be wrong. I'd have to ask Sean. I'm pretty sure we watched the Hobbit movies first and then Lord of the Rings. So by the time I got to this point, I had already seen All right. Um, mm. But there were still some scenes in this movie with him where I was like, I, I can't. And I would like cover my eyes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we'll talk about this more later. And I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this too, Jim. I just, I, I do have a soft spot for him and I feel very, oh yeah, I feel very sad for him. So he grew on me. But from a technical standpoint, I was like blown away. I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. Um, so, yeah, but it, it's been a it's a long journey with Gollum and I. You know, we've <laughs> we've been on a journey together, hated him. I was disgusted by I him. I like how you sound like you've been married to, to Gollum <laughs> yeah. for 30 years. You know what? And- he can cook and that helps. He can cook, keep it he can alive. clean. He's not the cutest guy, but, you know. Yeah, Listen, but my I. My wife would agree. I do, I do really like him, um, but we, you know, <laughs> we have been on a journey to say the least. Well, you, um, you were, you said this, and I kind of because we were talking right before we started the show about this, but like these movies are twenty years old, and I feel like some movies, I think Star Wars is a good example, um, are, are so special that they just, no matter when you watch them, no matter when they were made, they were going to stand the test of time, and like Lord of the Rings. To me, like those those effects that Gal- the Gollum effects you're talking about, and just in general, mm-hmm. they're they're gorgeous. They're 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 going to look as good as they did the day they came out a hundred years from now. Like they're always going to look that good. There's there's yep. just something that special, and yeah, um, there was so much so much put into making them that there's there's no way that they'll ever really really be dated. You know, I agree. I agree. So. Well, we also have to talk about Merry and Pippin and Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. I don't have a ton of notes on these particular opening scenes of them. Do either of you have anything Cracks to say? Cracks knuckles. <laughs> for it. I just want to, uh, you know, point out the obvious that everyone is hot. Uh, well, yes. By everyone, I mean Aragorn. <laughs> Aragorn and Legolas. But, you know, they just... Aragorn, well, I think he's introduced, like, with his oh ear to God. the ground, like, listening yes. to the ground. And I'm yep. just like... Please just put your ear on my chest and listen to yeah. my heartbeat, like, <laughs> sir. You'll notice my pace is also quickened. 
He's just oh such a God. dream boat. Like That's I just so want to do that. Like, why don't I go outside and like put my ear and just listen to see like what's going on? Like, listen. Yeah. If yeah. you think I haven't tried that in real life, <laughs> you're dead wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, put your put your head on the ground and have your brother run by you. And you're like, oh, I can hear it. <laughs> Perhaps I have the blood of Numenor in me as well. I could be a Dunedain. <laughs> this I. Love all of this, obviously. Um, I always thought it was really funny how they had Merry and Pippin uh, with their wrists bound so that they could just wear them like a cardigan. Yes. I was like, <laughs> what a smart way to carry hobbits. <laughs> it's just, you gotta you gotta applaud the efficiency of the Urukai. Um, but this, this bit here um, where Merry is like pretending to be passed out and then they're like, hey, give him something to drink. That is extended. Mm. That does not mm-hmm. happen in the originals. Um, and then they realize that, oh, wait, I can smell man flesh. <laughs> Classic. Um, Pippin having a, a, a moment of smartness with uh, dropping the leaves of Lorien, which do not idly fall, as we all know. Um, and then just the, the music and the heroic of just like, oh, they caught our scent. We need to get going. And then Gimli being like, I'm not good at this long distance thing, guys. Oh my god. I, just, I, I love, love him. I love the dynamic between these three of like they're just three dudes running in a field. Like there's no they're just three dudes running for days. Everybody yeah. is running the entire yeah. first half of this movie and I'm <laughs> so exhausted for them. Yeah. Um and I but I appreciate it. I, I agree. really do. I agree. We learned something very important in the beginning that dwarves are very dangerous over short distances. Keep that in mind, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um I just, I just love it. And do you want to talk about like roundabout tracking shots? This stuff, oh, the best of them yeah. going back and forth. And then we enter. Oh wait, no, it's the next section. I'm getting so excited. I'm like, I know what happens next. We're seeing tracking shots of <gasps> Rohan. Rohan. Yeah, and I the love the tracking lords. shots, and I love the swelling music. Like when that, when they're running, I'm in the, I'm on my couch, fist pumping, like yeah, go yeah. get him. <laughs> <laughs> so much fist this, pumping happens in this movie. <laughs> this when they get to Rohan. It has uh, Monique's least favorite line in all of Lord of the Rings. What is that? When Aragorn says, Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? She just <laughs> she just hates that line. <laughs> She's like, why don't you just say, Legolas, look up ahead. Why has it got to be his elf eyes? I'm like, okay. well, because listen, elves can see farther. They have better senses than we do. That Maybe is I one have of my favorite eyes. lines. I, I love right? saying that to people like in public for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Legolas. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, that's a, Hey, that's a better line to say than the one that I throw around. Look, Lord <laughs> of the Rings is full of of lines that really make no sense for anybody to say out loud. But yes. they are still awesome and they are delivered in such a way that sounds completely rad. Absolutely. So, Viggo Mortensen can say, Legolas, what do your elf eyes see all day? He can I, whatever you know. he wants. Yeah, that's true. He has You're permission. Right. That's right. <laughs> Okay, so let's move into our next like group of um, scenes. I'm going to recap them. Jim, you probably don't know this because I edited this out of our last episode, but I have a very difficult time saying uh, certain character names. So <laughs> that's why I'm me. here. I, I want to say fine. this is horrible. I want to say sour man, <laughs> like sour man. Say it that, together. I know it's wrong, but it's like sour man. <laughs> that's not bad. Right? That's Sauron. not bad. Okay, Sauron yep. is building a larger orc army. We can see mm-hmm. chaos is ensuing. Um, uh, Rohan is raided, and these children are sent to Edoras to inform the yep. king. And there then you we go. Meet, 
I'm do I'm doing it, guys. Uh, You're then killing we meet it. Aomir, and he finds these dead Rohirrim warriors, and mm-hmm. one is alive, who is Theoden's son, Theodred. And then we see Aomir and Eowyn, and they find out that their uncle has been possessed, and Aomir and the army are exiled. So that's what we've got in this little chunk. Hopefully, I pronounced good job. That you did yeah. a very good job. I did it, guys. It's like tiny, tiny little things that could have been said differently, but you didn't say them incorrectly. Okay. You know, like when you when you hear other people say like they'll roll the R and be like, Saddle I can't. Mind. But that's then, the thing. I but can't then roll R's. But that's the thing. Theoden doesn't. He says, "Is this the best you can conjure, Saruman?" So you, mm. it, there's different ways to do it. Okay. The you other did, day, Jim, I sent job. I sent Brian a text, and I was like, "How do you say this word? Send me a voice memo." <laughs> yep. It's just like Rohirrim, Aomir, Worm Tongue. We got this. We'll do this. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I, I forgot to mention Worm Tongue in this bit as you well. We meet to him. Mention Grima Worm Tongue. So <gasps> Savannah. So that's okay. He's disgusting as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they had oh, have some disgusting thoughts on, here I, too. I have some thoughts on Grima. So Go for it. Go for so it. I'm very excited. Oh no, I was just gonna point out, like, well, I kinda we're kind of skipping ahead here a little bit, but the scene where well, let's also say um the guy who plays Aomer, oh, what's Carl his name? Urban. Carl Urban. <laughs> Super hunk in this movie. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. What a hunky, hunky dude. I was just like, I mean, even as a as a, a young guy, I was like, this guy, look at this guy. He's like, can you do you see how like wide this man is? This is insane. <laughs> Pull out some measuring so, tape. And the, this Not was bad. back in the day where he was like working out all the time and stuff. Like that those were the roles he played. But anyway, yep. love Carl Urban. He's I mean, an amazing talent. And, Agreed. Um, but the scene where he puts Grima Wormtongue oh, up yeah. against the the pillar. Too long. Yeah, too long have you, you know, I forget what he says, followed my sister or watched my sisters, but yep. haunted my sisters, whatever. Yep. But there's this shot that like lingers on um, Brad, I think his Brad name's Durif. Brad Duriff, his eyes and mm-hmm. like his face as he watches Eowyn leave. And there is such like sadness and in, in him for a moment there and like they know to leave the camera on him for like this moment where he like looks sympathetic for two seconds and you can see like this guy hates that what he looks like to to this woman mm-hmm. like he knows like the all the awfulness like that he's become and then immediately like it doesn't matter like he goes back to all the awful things he's doing in order to to gain power but like for that one moment there's like a little Aww. bit of sympathy and sadness in his eyes and like i love that peter jackson knew to just like in this sprawling three hour long movie to leave <laughs> this cut on this man's face for a few seconds to give you that insight into this character and like Grima is an awful, I mean, he's obviously an awful, awful person, an awful character, and he's not sympathetic really at all, except for this one moment. And Brad Dourif sells, sells that moment. He is in, uh, it's, he's very, very good in that moment. But anyway, that's my, those are my Grima warm tongue thoughts right here. I totally agree. <laughs> Brad Dourif is an incredible actor. I mean, from yeah. even like Deadwood, he was amazing. He yeah. was, it, it, I mean, he's a horror icon. I, I love mm-hmm. Brad Dourif. And that scene specifically I'm glad you brought it up because that is in a in a series with powerhouse actors like Ian McKellen and uh, Christopher Lee. Brad Dourif in that scene as well. There's a change because he sees Eowyn leave the room and there is that mm-hmm. moment. And right after he looks back at Eomer 
and mm. you notice that his expression changes from like being the victim to the powerhouse because he sees the guards come up behind him yep. and then banishes him. This movie just does, they did such a good job of casting literally everyone. Agreed. And like, there's really not anybody who I'm like, this person's out of place a little bit. Like, everybody in these movies sells their character so well. Totally. So. Totally. Speaking of extended things, um, when Aomer finds Theodrid, that entire thing is extended. Mm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The uh, scene where, actually, right after this moment that we're talking about, when Grima Wormtongue shows him the order that's signed by Theoden, Mm-hmm. That's not there. It usually cuts out when he just uh, banishes, banishes him. him. Mm-hmm. It cuts right there of him just like yelling. Yep, just a tiny little thing. He's like, oh, and he signed it. And you're like, wait a second. Yeah, that, that tiny little bit of signed thing, not in the original cut. Do you guys want to hear my hot take? This is my only hot take yes. this episode. Give it to me. Oh, boy. <laughs> you're not ready, Jim. <laughs> no, oh, no. You're never ready for these. <laughs> I'm going to cry. They're I tough. Think you, I think you know this, Brian. The first time I watched this, I was like, why is Carl Urban in this movie? <laughs> because After what just happened. Look what she does to you. I'm sorry. So <laughs> I I have seen him in so many other movies and I picture him with dark hair, a goatee, and like that's just his face to me. And then when I see him in this movie, I'm like, this wig does not work with his face. And it's because oh, I'm just so God. used to seeing him. Right? You're trying to verbally beat me to death. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Literally Did moments you... ago, I declared my love for this man yeah. in this movie, specifically this he's look, and you were trying to verbally beat me to no, death. No, he's right great now. and yeah. he's a great character, but if anyone This is what it's like, Jim. Listen. Shush, Brian, I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone in these movies stands out to me as like not fitting within this world, just in my opinion, okay guys, it's this one. He's still a great actor. He still portrays the character wonderfully. Love him. I don't think I would recast him or anything. But as someone who has seen these movies far after, you know, when they came out, that's my perspective. That totally sort of makes sense, though, because like (laughs) totally sort of. (laughs) No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, look, man. My verbal, my verbal ticks are a mess. I'm teasing you. So, but. What I was going to say is like, to me, that was my introduction to Carl Urban. So Carl Mm. Urban, to me, eventually transitioned to, you know, how, like, who he was in like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek film, Mm -hmm. you know, when he played Bones, which was like a much more slender, like Mm -hmm. dark haired guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, a lot of the roles he took after that. But like I said, initially when he came out, um, or at least when I noticed who he was, which started in this movie and then like a few movies after, like he was known as far as I can tell, is a very physical, physically large, big actor doing like sword sword hmm. play and stuff like that. I think he even starred in like a movie. I forget what it's called. Might have been Pathfinder or something. But anyway, so so yeah, it's just a difference of opinion because you know Carl Urban now, like who he has become versus right then when he was just like some guy. Right. Like no one knew. He was just like, uh, like a very wide man that could fill out a suit of armor and look really rad on a horse. Yeah. So. And I, I talked about this in the last episode too, or at least I think I did. I knew Orlando Bloom from Pirates of the Caribbean. So right. seeing him in this movie as such a different character, it worked for me, but I was also just like, that's Will Turner, you know? So it's weird. Like I already knew who a lot of, not a lot, I already knew who a few of these people were. And I picture them as very different people than the characters they play in this series. 
Just had so to share. We can move on with my hot take. <laughs> it's a, we we got to explore it a little bit. So it was a combination of the wig and you it's, knowing him from a bunch of other things. It's really the wig because I haven't, okay. I mean, I really don't think I've seen him in a ton of things, but the things I have seen uh-huh. him in, he's like a villain, a villainous type character. Okay. And obviously he's a hero in this movie and he's a right. good guy and he's got this long flowing hair, beautiful and he uh-huh. just looks so starkly different from how I know him in other movies, but I still recognize his face. Like I can see his face, right? And and it just feels out of place with the wig, in my opinion. You have such an eye for this stuff because I honestly didn't even know. I I've, I've been watching this movie for twenty years and I had no idea he was wearing a wig. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's his hair. Same. That is so funny. Same. I kind of still but, believe it's well, his real hair. I mean, that's not what I'm, but you, like you, the things you enjoy, like it totally makes sense that you can pick that out. Whereas mm-hmm. I, I have no clue. I watch movies like, and I try to figure out how they made things. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a flaw. Yeah. <laughs> it's a personal flaw. <laughs> but it's also what you see, like, like, you know, there's that story about like Mark Hamill seeing Star Wars with his wife and she was like a dental hygienist <laughs> and she was watching a scene and seeing an Imperial officer and just leaned over and was like, he's got bad caps. Oh like, my what? gosh, that's hilarious. Who sees these things? It's like a hygienist does because that's mm-hmm. their thing. Yeah. Yeah, Makes I just sense. think it's, I don't know. I just wanted to share that because I am definitely in the minority of people who just discovered this uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think that's an interesting thing that you guys were like, whoa, hunky man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> holy cow, he's amazing. And I'm just like, that was a problem for me the first time I watched it. It didn't become an issue sure. on my rewatches, but the first time I almost had a hard time listening to him and paying attention to what his character was doing because I was almost distracted by <laughs> who he was. <laughs> I love that all of your like hot takes and or criticisms of these movies are all like outside of the movies. Because mm-hmm. nothing's going to top your Sam hot take ever. Jim, did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. And I um I I, I sort of get it. I again, like I'm I'm going to empathize with you a little bit even though ultimately Because like, you're nice. I, I'm glad Sam. you're, you're coming nicer around. You're nicer than Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're coming around on Sam because Sam is the heart and soul of of the entire trilogy there in, we go. in a sense. But uh but I too when I first watched this I was like Frodo's the main character. Why is Sam doing all this stuff? Frodo's what's going on frodo's the main character so i sort mm-hmm. of was i too when i first watched these movies were like was like very focused on frodo so it took me a while to get like be like oh sam like he's he's the best and like he's his eyes are who we see frodo's story through so it makes sense that there's so much going on with him and that mm-hmm. he's such an active active presence but yes but anyway i mean we were both wrong about about Sam at first, Savannah. I'll give Aww, you that. Oh, thank you. That's sweet. Brian's You're not welcome. as kind. Nope. Nope. <laughs> He's like, what? We are no longer friends. You did what? Yeah. <laughs> Samwise the Brave. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that, I, I do love that that's where your criticisms come from. It's like it has nothing to do with the story or the characters. You're just like... You know, I just feel like the actor's kind of a diva and the wig doesn't look right on his face. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, a, that feel, that's a Carl Urban in production criticism, not an Aomer criticism. No, no, no. And that's the thing. It's it's not an Aomer criticism. It's, it's so, absolutely. It's so funny. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure you it. saw Brian from the last episode we did. I am here for behind the scenes. Love the story. Love the movies. Yep. But like I was enraptured by the behind the yep. scenes documentary. Like that's what blew my mind. 
So it's those things that I will notice more than like story things. Yeah. She's like, look at the Urukai application. I'm like, did you see Aragorn block a knife with his sword? <laughs> <laughs> Their latex machines did not turn off for three years. I'm like, what does that even mean? They were pulled out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys One of have us any... is delusional. And it's definitely you. Um, <laughs> do you guys have anything else to share or note about this like section? No. I'm ready to move on. Let's do it. Okay, so the next section, uh, Merry and Pippin escape the orcs and we meet Treebeard. So Eomir and his men attack the Urukai and they don't know that Merry and Pippin are also there. Eomir tells Aragorn that uh, they killed all the orcs and left none alive. So this is when Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli meet Eomir for the first time. Aragorn discovers that this is not true and that the hobbits escaped. We get the great yelling scene. We will talk about that in a moment. And Merry and Pippin hide in the forest of Fangorn and they meet Treebeard. So a lot happens in this group of moments and scenes and a lot of emotional things happen. And Mm -hmm. for people like myself who had no idea about any of the stuff that would happen in this movie, I thought... Mary and Pippin were gone. Like, I literally thought they were dead and goners forever. And I just thought, oh, well, they got to kill these people off because there's so many people in these dang movies now. That they got to, like, thin them out to Even be able to focus on everybody's stories. <laughs> so it was really a surprise to me to find out that they were alive. And then Vigo sold the the moment of discovery so well, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also have to point out um, another infinitely quotable Aragorn line. The uh, writers of Rohan, what news from the mock? Like, oh, I love that line. So good. <laughs> just so yell, good. That, yell that at somebody from across a parking lot. You know, this oh, <laughs> yeah. feels so good to do. I love it when Aomir's like, I would cut off your head dwarf if it stood a little higher than the ground. I love all of the banter with Gimli between various characters in these movies, and I really like that moment a lot. He's cantankerous. <laughs> it's like in the first one when he's just like spouting dwarvish swears in Lorien. <laughs> what? Like that's not very kind. Yeah. We also get a little more Detective Aragorn here, which yeah, is super do. rad. Which I love. I love. Uh, after the famous the famous scene of the kicking that I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll we'll discuss. But he just the way they shoot that whole like his like ranger senses, like yeah. he's able to read the ground and like he sees how like the armor is placed and different things. The way he shoots that and the way like it just it's it's a very organic way to show like, okay, this person's perceptions are really, really strong. Mm-hmm. And like that's how they can like find their way through all of this. Oh it's just, again. Hunky Aragorn doing hunky mm, stuff. It's just all right. Thank you, sir. Jim, yep. thank God you're here because all of this needs to be said. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just needed the strength to do it. Yeah, I, I I love all of this. This is another thing that like we talked about in the first one, how it bounces between like light and dark, light dark, light dark, 
and like you'll have a moment of brevity and then right back into it. And with this whole bit with the the Orkai, speaking of like terrifying things, the or the the orc that's constantly like, they don't need their legs. That guy is so scary looking all the time mm-hmm. with the long sword like follows him into Fangorn. That's mm-hmm. really scary. But when the riders show up, kill all the Orakai, and there is that moment like, no, we killed them all. It's good. And they're like, oh no, we there were some, some of us were in there. Like, yeah. oh, you want some horses? Yeah. <laughs> and Aomir's like telling him to go look, but he's like, uh, don't have hope. Like, yeah, don't, don't think you're gonna actually find them. Yeah, alive. <laughs> find the belts. And they're like, oh man, that's rough. Yeah. Yikes. Vigo okay. absolutely sold the grief, though. Like, yeah, Inter- it's like there was something else that that was sparked to that. Him. But you know what's crazy yeah. is I still think had he not broken his toe, I still think he would have given like ninety five percent of that performance because that's well, just who have he you is. seen it? There is a f- a cut of like a bunch of different takes that he did, and then that one. Oh, I think I have seen that. Yeah, you're right. It was. It's very good every time, but you can tell toes were broken on the, on yeah. the one they used. It's, it's the final. <laughs> it's the final. Oomph it's that the, really gets I, it. I just broke my toes. Scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yet but he still amazing. falls to his knees like a professional to yeah. sell. That's sell right. Emotion. Yeah, that guy, just a consummate gentleman and actor. Yep. Yep. Love him. Yeah, it's like too. everybody thinks about Leo DiCaprio smashing his hand in Django Unchained. Well, well, well. Aragorn walked so that he could fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how this scene cuts back to like the night before, though, after we discover that Merry and Pippin are still alive, and it goes back to how the, the previous night went from their perspective. Um, mm-hmm. and you actually get to see like their escape and everything like that. But I absolutely, truly thought they were dead. And when they came back, I was so excited because I love them. I think they're precious. How could you not love them? Um, but I think the way, Agreed. I think the way they do flashbacks and stuff in this movie, um, and I don't really know if that's considered a flashback, but they, they're telling the story a little later than where we see, uh, Aragorn at the moment. And I really like how they do that to connect the dots and they don't really leave anything up to the imagination with stuff like that. I love it. I agree. What do and you think then about we meet, we meet Treebeard. Um, I don't even know what to say about him. <laughs> I love him, but I think I love Same. him because I love his voice because it's, it's John Rice Davies again. Uh-huh. Yes. And I love him. Yep. Um, but it's so funny because I'm absolutely one of those people that the other times I have watched this, which has always been at home. I've never seen these in the theaters. The tree beard moments are the moments where I will check my phone and catch up on some text messages or go get a snack or, and I know that's bad, but this time around, I was absolutely paying attention to every little thing. And it's funny because I felt like in previous viewings, I was like, man, these tree beard scenes are so long and there's so many of them. (laughs) And then I watched it again and, and I really paid attention and I was like, they're really not that long and there's really not that many of them and they're good. Like he's great. Yeah. yeah, so I, I have a newfound respect for Treebeard. Good. After this most recent viewing. <laughs> We're on a journey again, guys. We're on a journey. That's right. <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. 
Yeah. What I do you guys it. think? Answer's so cool. I love the different trees. I love that like there's every type of tree and every type of tree has an int that mm-hmm. is that type of tree. And tree beard is just the coolest. And mm-hmm. I love his design. And I love that he has a built in seat on his shoulder <laughs> and his head. I know. For the hobbits. <laughs> but I mostly love the fact that he's like, Sounds like orc mischief. Like he's not even <laughs> listening to them. <laughs> it's like so old. So mm-hmm. old. He's like, I think oh. it's Great. Oh, sorry. I think it's I think it's later, but they talk about like the origin and the extended cut. They talk about like the origin of the Ents and how the the elves like yep like sort of made them and taught them how to speak and like shepherd the trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love that bit of imagination. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know like I like agree. another like just like small infusion of like magic into this this world, you know? Because like for all the craziness of Lord of the Rings, it's really not like very loud about its magical influences it's yep. it always comes in very subtly like wizards don't really cast spells in like any sort of like bombastic sort of way and i don't know i just i, I i've that's a part of the extended cuts i've always really really liked a little bit of backstory that i think is, is super rad yeah, yeah i think that stuff is important too like i get why they would cut that from the theatrical but i love those details i agree and I'll actually, while we're here, normally I do like a random fun fact at the very end. I'll just throw it here because why not? You know, we're okay. in Fangorn Forest. Mm-hmm. Fangorn is Sylvan for Treebeard. Aww. It's the same thing. Yep. Oh. Fangorn is Treebeard. Precious. Yep. Enjoy. Treebeard, treebeard Forest. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Brian. Fun fact. You know what? I'm here for you guys. <laughs> do we have um, anything else to share about this particular group of scenes? Um, I loved how this particular section ended with the misdirect of Treebeard being like, I don't know if you're orcs and I don't know what a hobbit is, but the white wizard will know. And they're mm. like, uh, what are you doing? He goes, just trust me. We'll figure it out and drops them. And then there's the white and they look up and you're like, oh, no, he brought up to Saruman. <laughs> like, like the boobs that we all were before we realized. <laughs> There was too much yeah. for me like going on for me to notice that. I was so overwhelmed the oh. first time I watched this, honestly. <laughs> There's tree, literally tree so herders. much. Uh. Yeah. So much stuff that goes on. I did not catch like half of it, which is embarrassing, yep. but whatever. That's just me. That's okay. Jim, are you good to move on to the next section or do you have anything else to, to add? I, I'm so good because I get to continue to talk about Gandalf on the Yes, Let's so. go. Yeah. Okay. So the next section, Frodo and company travel through the Dead Marshes and Gandalf yep. returns. So we have Frodo, Sam, and Gollum uh, traveling through the Dead Marshes. Ew, gross, covered my eyes. And then the <laughs> ring wraiths and the Nazgul's appear in the sky. Super scary. Uh, then we're back in the forest with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. And bum, 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 much to my uh, crazy surprise, Gandalf returns and he returns as Gandalf the White. Then Gandalf uh, shares with them that the hobbits will be safe with Treebeard and they need to go to Edoras. So, bam, a lot of stuff going on here. 
guys, I literally thought he was dead and never coming back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. 13-year-old Jim agrees with you. Yeah. It's it's so funny because, and this is something that you guys will think is hilarious. Um, You know, in in Star Wars Rebels, spoiler alert for any Star Wars fans listening that have not seen this, uh, Ahsoka returns at the end as like almost Ahsoka the White. And I had always heard uh, Dave Filoni referencing Gandalf the White when speaking of Ahsoka in that scene. I made no connection in my little pea-sized brain (laughs) that Gandalf would be returning. Um, And I was just like so enraptured in what was going on when I watched this for the first time, specifically with Gandalf, because he was truly the only character I had ever heard of before. I just thought he was gone. I thought he was dead forever. And when he returned, I lost it. Like, I was so excited. That was another big fist pump moment for me. Same. Same, same. On the extended bus, uh, the whole bit at the beginning in the marshes where Gollum and Sam and Frodo with the whole worm and then the bread and then he's like, oh, I know about it. All of all of this part uh, is extended. Because in the theatrical cut, it's just them walking through like the the marshes. So there's no Mm -hmm. like moment where Gollum talks about like feeling the ring and what it's like and he tries to reach for it and then. Frodo's like, hey, here's some Elvish bread. And he like throws it up. Mm-hmm. All, that, all that's ex- extended. I can see that. Would the design of the. Yep. The the design of the Dead Marshes is so rad. And it's so creepy. And like. Oh, yeah. Just, just faces. Like these, yeah. These faces like slightly under the water, like beckoning you. And I mean, it's kind of a. I feel like it's kind of a, a like a bit of symbolism there about depression and general and just what frodo is going to because it would be so easy to give in to just death or whatever you mm. want to call it and it's right there you know and in the extended mm. editions he literally he almost does you know yeah um, mm-hmm. but it's just such a it, that's peter jackson's like horror background coming out mm-hmm. hard and i like <laughs> um we talked about like effects that are creepy you know or like how mm-hmm. the effects look really good the effects when in the extended edition when Frodo falls into the water and there's like the spooky, like yeah. ghostly images the that come for him, they look they to me they don't look like uh, current or anything, but in like in in the in like on a purposeful way, like they look like like funhouse spooks, you know, like or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's like like a creepy like there's a creepiness to them that. Um, I really, really dig. So, uh, yeah, I just love that whole Dead Marshes sequence. That part specifically reminds me of Raiders of the Lost Ark when the Ark of the Covenant is opened. Like, that's mm-hmm. yeah. the kind of vibe I get. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is another one of those situations with, you know, Frodo going off on his own. You love to run on here. him. <laughs> Poor guy, he's, just, he's really struggling. You know? He's just, he's so important. You know, hold hands. Like, this is line leader stuff. The fate of the entire existence is on your shoulders. Stop looking into things. But Gollum saves him, which is good. Mm. But he face plants real hard. It's like a belly flop, but like with your entire front facing body. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. a good fall. It's a good fall. Good job, Frodo. I still love but him. You're so, you're so mean to him. I love Frodo. Ever. I think he's great. But I also think... If it wasn't for Sam, he would have died a long time ago. Mm. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. Um, yep. 
I hate that the ring wraiths are back because they obviously the only thing I said in the first episode we recorded was for the fellowship was they're terrifying. They're terrifying. Like they literally scare the bejesus out of me. I hate them. (laughs) And now they have Um, dragons. Yeah. It's crazy. I, Brian, I was so proud of myself because when I was watching this, I turned to Sean and I was like, are those called, I, I said, what are those called? And he, it took him a minute to say it. And before he could say it, I said, are they Nazgul's? And he was like, "Yes, you're right." And I was Look like, "Look at you! Look at me! <laughs> I'm proud of so you. So proud of myself. So you should be. You know what? This is you can't. That's for you. Thank you. I'm so Thank proud. You. Nazgul. That's a good. That's a good pull. Yeah. And the dragons that they're riding are called fell beasts. Throw mm-hmm. that one at Sean next time. He's like, "I think I know these things." You're like, "Well, do you know about the fell beasts?" <laughs> Oh and then it'll be like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's get into let's get into Gandalf's return Jim we're yes we're getting into it um oh, yeah. so oh, he yeah. you know he presents himself as Saruman with his voice which yep. um totally tricked me and I was very worried mm-hmm. and then um everything was good and fine and dandy well he also like it's kind of cool though because it's um like he even says it in the thing where he's like i'm saruman as he Mm should have been you Mm -hmm. know because he's been like reborn or whatever so it's almost like he's reconciling the two into himself before he like appears yeah yes which is really really cool um and also like his rad little like everybody gets spooked because like oh no we have to fight saruman and so, and then they do like the, the arrow and they, the throwing axe thing. And Gandalf is just like, stop, stop. You don't need to do this. And he just like easily blocks it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's like, me guys. Boop, boop. Overheats, overheats <laughs> yeah. Aragorn's sword in his hand. And that part is, oh, I love it so much. Yes. But, um, but then we get the end of the Balrog Gandalf fight, which is, so rad awesome again we get the lightning in. in the sword yeah yeah i mean mm-hmm. he's again he's fighting a fire demon at the top of a mountain and then the line yep. is something like uh at la- he says something like i threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside like yeah is that not the raddest thing anyone <laughs> has ever said about anything like <laughs> oh my gosh like i just want to like i want to be able to say that in my if, <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly so get off the red <laughs> it's the best thing i've heard in forever it's true. we'll make you a shirt jim <laughs> thank you please oh, make me the shirt that's good that's very I hope that's what comes out of this series. That right oh, there. Oh yeah. I mean Kend done. Off the that's so rad. easy to do. <laughs> I love that a lot. <laughs> it's great though. I love uh I love the the thing that Aragorn says to Gandalf. He says, One thing that has not changed, dear friend, you still speak in riddles. I love that. Oh it's yeah. So precious. I remember being very confused the first time I saw this when he's like, Gandalf. And it's like, Gandalf. Oh that's what they used yeah. to call me. Yeah. That was my name. I was like, is this Gandalf? I'm getting a lot of mixed signals right now. It's like Ben Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. That's a name I've not, not heard, heard that name in a long time. I love this whole thing because, again, like when you mentioned that he is Saruman as he should have been, because Saruman is the le- like the leader of the Order. That's why it's such a big deal when he turns to the dark side, essentially, because mm-hmm. he's like the head of the wizards. 
and he was Gandalf's mentor. So now it's like, oh, right. Now it's your job, Gandalf. You won the lottery. <laughs> you got to do all of this. And then the fact that he comes back and he's like, I came back for a job. Like, I have something to do. I'm here to turn the tide. I'm like, this is so cool. Well, I, I feel it. like you should be it. promoted when you smite your enemy's ruin upon the mountaintop. Like, I really just feel like that should, that, that, I think that you're warrants right. a promotion. That warrants a promotion. So I agree. It's the law of equivalent <laughs> exchange. <laughs> and what are your qualifications, Gandalf the Grey? Well, Gandalf the Rad. That's right, Gandalf oh, the Rad. Yeah. So Gandalf the Rad's resume is is the best thing in the world because it's <laughs> it's just like uh, I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountaintop, and everybody's like, "This is the this is the greatest resume I've ever seen." Yeah, yes. it's a whole right. blank page in just that one sentence. Period. Here's my phone. But number. he's Call just me. like applying. <laughs> he's just like applying to Arby's or something. So he's way overqualified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will like, give you one shadow facts. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god, guys! When he summons Shadowfax, that's like yeah, it for me. That makes me so happy. I love it. Yeah, I love Shadowfax. The Lord of all horses. Yeah, same. Yeah. Every I like time I've got Shadow horse Facts, riding, I have boy one. Shadowfax is just hanging out, waiting for Gandalf to come back. Oh, yeah. yeah, just on the tree that's line. The true homie, like, true homie, right all there. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I agree. Love that so much. It's so good. Aww. And then again, I was like, okay, cool. Now that you guys are here, sent the Hobbits to Isengard. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. Uh, we have more pressing matters. Yeah, Just we got to go. Straight to business. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Well, let's just move on to the next section now. So all right. we have the Black Gate of Mordor and Theoden's release from Sauron's spell. So Frodo, yes. Sam, and Gollum make it to the Black Gate. Gollum tells them there is another way instead of going directly through the gate. A little mm-hmm. suspicioso. Uh, Theodred dies and Gandalf releases Theoden from Sauron's control. They have a funeral for Theodred. Mm-hmm. Big sad. Mm-hmm. Big sad. Big sad. Savannah, remember when we were talking about uh, how we how we started to sympathize with Gollum? Yes. So this is where his little redemption arc starts to come together mm-hmm. for me, right? Or what I thought was going to be his redemption arc when I first saw this, because I was like, oh, he's going to he's not going to be a bad guy. Like, I totally thought by like Return of the King, he would not be Aww. like a, a bad guy anymore. Um, the, I was so young and innocent and pure, you know, like had no clue what was about to happen. Um, but he is so sympathetic, like at this, like starting from this point throughout the movie. And then you get that really great, like double scene later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh my gosh, I just feel so bad. I feel so bad for Gollum because he too. starts to trust Frodo here. Yeah. yeah. So... I feel bad for him too. And I have a lot of thoughts like later on when we get to this scene of you don't have any friends, like we'll, we'll get into that. Um, But I agree. (laughs) I agree with you. And uh, he, he, he's just so pitiful. There are two things that I think of when I think about the scene at the gate of Mordor, the fact that they have trolls moving the gates. One is just a really cool design thing. Like, you have, you have trolls moving your thing? But the big deal is that trolls normally can't be out in the daylight. Mm. They turn to stone, like we learned in The Hobbit. So the fact that Sauron was able to breed trolls that could be out in the day, stuff's getting crazy. Um, also, this is a terrible idea. Why would you think 
just go through the front door when there's guards all over the place. And they're like, no, we're just going to run for it. Like, what? I know. What? There's nobody. What's happening right now? So I'm I'm glad for Gollum in the scene because he's the only one that's thinking straight. He's like, this is a bad, this is a bad idea. But I also this part's the... like extended a little bit. Yeah. And I remember you uh, telling me, I think it was when we talked about the Fellowship of the Ring that. Yep. With the when they received their gifts, that was that was uh, cut from the theatrical version, and yep. you didn't know that they had like they had those cloaks, uh, or yeah, how they had worked. no idea. I love yeah. that scene so much because it's it's so scary how close the um the like the soldier gets to them and it is yep. totally fooled by the rock. Um, also, mm-hmm. I really want one of those cloaks, and I'm going to be making myself one at some point. So, Brian <laughs> and Jem, if you want matching ones, <laughs> um, those absolutely. Are on the way. Um, yeah, but I just love that scene because it's like a real. It was a real moment of panic for me when Sam was like stuck in the rocks, and then Frodo goes after him, and I don't know. I just really thought they were going to be captured, and so the fact that they weren't was a big sigh of relief. And then I'm like, where the heck is Gollum taking them? Like, what is? happening right, right. now <laughs> he, to be fair he did exactly what he said he would because they said you need to take us to mordor he does mm-hmm. they're at mordor that's the gate there we go mm-hmm. mission accomplished and then like oh we're going inside he goes what maybe don't mm-hmm. just like run behind the army that you almost got caught by what are we doing hobbits sis? come on i know I know. One thing I forgot to mention as well is uh, another part that happens in this like group of scenes. Uh, we cut back to Pippin and Mary uh, in in the forest, and Pippin's drinking the water, and it sounds like a tree, and he grows taller than Mary, and they're all like about the the, the forest life there. And the tree back or tree beard comes back and saves them from being sucked into the ground. <laughs> yep. I also all love extended. that. Uh, <laughs> What the heck? Oh, that that whole thing is not in the theatrical cut. Mm. Yeah. And this is also when Treebeard says that they lost uh, the Ent wives and need to yeah. find them. And that's why there are so few <laughs> Ents. And I'm like, you just lost them? Yeah, literally. How does that like, happen? Can't find them anymore. Lost them. Yeah. <laughs> the women are hiding dead. from you. <laughs> I love. It's so funny. Mary's like, I think oh, I'm the- really sorry. He goes, we just don't know where they are. <laughs> yeah. The women were sick of listening to Treebeard and Treebeard not listening to them. Right. So they just left. That's what happened. They're just taking forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do, but like with the part where Treebeard is like, "Are there any? Are there any Entwives in in Hobbiton or yeah. whatever?" And they're like, "No, I no, need a new one. I don't think so." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And then Aragorn, Gandalf, and team they make it to Rohan, and yes, quite a bit of craziness happens there. This is like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. I just, really? I yeah. love this. Yes. I, I love Rohan. Like Savannah, you and I have talked about this. Yep. Aragorn's my favorite character. I think Theoden might be my second. Yeah. I yeah, like yeah. the, just the redemption arc of him going from like completely under the spell of Saruman to the point where he doesn't even notice his only son is dead. And then coming to terms with that and then waking up and banishing Grima Wormtongue and then taking up, what your duties as the king and then making the decision like this whole thing when Gandalf's like we gotta go save Theoden that's what we're doing right now mm-hmm. like Saruman's got a, re- a thick hold on Rohan let's do this I love the tiny little you'll find more cheer in a graveyard just a great mm-hmm. line 
and Gandalf showing up with the whole like, you know, you wouldn't part an old man from his walking stick. I'm like, oh, Gandalf, you're doing your tricks and I like it. And just the whole everything about this scene to where they're playing the oh, you know, we're just we're just here to talk. And then the guards start getting involved. Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli are fighting them off. And he's like, let me do my work, guys. And the whole just, you know, you have no power here. Like, what are you going to do? And then the cloak comes off and you're like, oh, snap. It's just I love it. <laughs> I love all. I love everything about this scene. I like that it's basically a gang fight. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, they all like stroll in as a gang together and they're just like, they like walk in like that line and everybody's eyeing each other. And it's like the first time, it's like the, like, I think it's the only brawl we get, yeah. like an outright brawl yep. in these movies where it's just like Indiana Jones style, like people just punching each other in the face for like a few, like, yep. it's like 30 seconds, but it's like a wonderful 30 seconds of just people like, like our our characters absolutely dominating like these Grima's henchmen. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. I love it. But I totally know what you mean about that. Right. Um, Bernard Hill oh, is another one legend. of those guys who he. It, it's funny because like when I think of lines delivered in Lord of the Rings that are like bangers, uh-huh. like Theoden has like three or four banger right? lines that are just super rad up uh, uh, like a bunch in return of the king but you know he has that whole later on we'll talk about like the where is the horse yeah. and the rider and all that stuff it's just like oh chills he's he just absolutely kills Agreed. it he's awesome it's almost shakespearean love- for me with theoden mm-hmm. like the lines that he gives and and just the kingly nature of his character and the way that he talks and just oh it's so good yeah i love that they uh they cut to the visuals of Saruman when uh when everything goes down yeah I just like that a lot they feel like they didn't have to do that to get the point across of what was happening but I like that they they show him (laughs) actually being fought I agree like literally puppeting Theoden yeah yeah it's super cool. cool the music is so good uh after his transformation as well and he takes his sword like all of that is big big cry moment big tears yep and they throw Ingrid. worm tongue down the stairs. Yep. Which is the best. <laughs> That's another one that is around my house all the time that probably shouldn't be. That you'd have me crawling on all fours like a beast. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> well what I like too is again we get a little Brad Dourif greatness is right before all of this, he has that like intimate scene with um Eowyn about like where he, that like you know the bitter yeah. watches of the night when he's like basically like threatening her and reminding her of like like that one day maybe she's gonna need him and it's like this moment of very intense darkness where he's cornered this woman who's basically trapped now and then everybody shows up and the gang fight ensues and they kick they kick Rima out and like that's a nice little like up moment mm-hmm. and this mostly downer like dark movie you know mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree brad duraf man you could do a whole show just on his he little nuanced it. performances even <laughs> though like i told you to take his stuff like the just sheer panic he's so good he's so good i, I love all then of we his. have our very, our very him, sad man. funeral for theodred and aowen yeah. sings a beautiful song and extended lots of 
What? What? That, that song is not in the original cut. How? Yep. Yep. Oh yep. my it's god! The scene. I feel like they cut and a then... lot. They were always cutting songs from the from the theatrical editions. Yeah, they cut like all, a bunch of songs. And yep. I understand so. that in general, but I think this one is so powerful and like adds so much to the emotion and like the weight of what's happening here. That's really surprising to me to hear that that is extended. There's still the funeral, like the procession and everything. Right. It just goes from that to like the funeral procession of bringing Theodred's body down to Theoden in front of his grave. You wow. just don't get the song. Yeah. I think it's probably because it's, it's, it's kind of a longer moment it is. and it's for like these sort of second tier characters. And that's probably why it was cut. I mean, obviously for a lamenting, like a, like one of the, one of the fellowship or something, it yep. would have been longer, but, but I agree with you. It's a really powerful scene. Um, it is. It's so sad. So. Yeah, they didn't like the fact that he didn't even know. He's like, "Where's my son?" Because he was that under the influence of Saruman's magic, and it's it's so sad. And then he's like, you know, no parent should have to bury their child, and mm. I have to I have to witness the end of my line. Mm. Like, oh, it's so sad. I know. So Gandalf sad. is just there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's like not the best at consoling him, but I understand like what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the difference between Gandalf the Gray and Gandalf the White. Yeah. Gandalf the White is like the, I've seen death and come back from it. Business this is Gandalf. just the next part of existence. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Gandalf. Whereas yeah. like Gandalf Business the Grey would be like there yeah. with his arm around him, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, Gandalf sees uh, the children who were sent off by their mother earlier yep. in, the, in the movie, and they learn about the attack and all of that. And I'm going to go ahead and move us along to the next section because there's only a couple things, uh, but I'll, quite a bit happens here. And we mm -hmm. can talk about it. So uh, Theoden decides to send his people to Helm's Deep. Gandalf leaves to find Eomir and the army. And then Wormtongue mm -hmm. goes back to Saruman. You stink yep. of horse. <laughs> Freaking love that. <laughs> so, okay. So as we all know, Christopher Lee loved Lord of the Rings and would read them every yep. year, mm -hmm. right? Like we, we all know that. In yep. this yes. Group. So when I was rewatching the scene earlier today, I was thinking about how, you know, there's the scene, again, this is extended, where Wormtongue is explaining to Saruman that the heir of Isildur is like, or he doesn't know it, but he's explaining characteristics of Aragorn. And you see Christopher's, Christopher Lee's eyes get wide and like this sort of concern and like, like almost fear crosses yep. his face. And like, I was thinking about how cool it is when you think about that, because like Ian McKellen's a great actor and Viggo Mortensen's a great actor. And mm -hmm. we've been talking, all these people are amazing actors, but to Christopher Lee, that means something, you know what I mean? Like from a, like, yeah. like, like that means something to him as a huge fan who reads these books or read these books every single year for the entire, the almost the entirety of his life. He read these books every single year. And yep. so like, when you say like, like, you know, a, a Dunedain Ranger showed up and his eyes get wide, like it's, it just hit different. Like thinking yeah. about like what Lord of the Rings meant to him. And I was like, I was like, that's really cool. Like I, I, and, and it just made me think again, like Christopher Lee got to, act out part of his favorite story of all time but and i just think that's that's awesome that's so cool that that's literally like if brian like when brian gets in star wars uh, like think about how much exactly. that will mean when brian you know gets in star wars. yeah <laughs> when he gets you in star guys wars. 
That's so cool, though. I love that you mentioned that because I think about that a lot, too. (laughs) But I've never thought about it in that way. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like think about how special that is. Because like you can that's another thing that was not in the Ian original McKellen, The Well, and I mean, nope. just in general, like Ian McKellen <laughs> could, can act the crap out of anything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but to him, it just meant so like that means something. Those words actually mean something. And, and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. Little nuances. And also, what's interesting with Christopher Lee, having read them so many times, like I bet the amount of nuance and research that he was able to do, knowing the full breadth of the story, because normally in a script you have your part, and then you know your relationship to the other characters. But Saruman doesn't like interact with anyone directly except for Gandalf, and then the Ents and the Hobbits, and everyone else way later on. So the fact that he's able to add little nuances like that, and you know, theorizing that he thinks he knows what Gandalf's doing. And when Grima Wormtongue talks about he saw the ranger with the ring, it's like, oh, they're, oh, okay. He thinks he's found a sealed door's heir. All right. It's not going to help him, but all right. Like that, yeah. that, that little bit about the ring was not in the original cut either. Interesting. Was the yeah. scene of Eowyn with the sword, is that extended? No, that's straight up with her crazy eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. She, she, she sent Aragorn's dagger away with a lot of force. Yeah. I think about that a lot. I was watching this with Sean a couple days ago, and he goes, who hurt you? What man yeah. hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I, I feel like it'd probably be a lot of men seeing how, right. I don't blame her, but how quickly she falls for Aragorn. I said, I'm sure it's more than just one man that hurt her. Right. Uh, I do like she's that. She's a scene, shield though. maiden of Rohan. I, I like her a lot. I told eyes. you this, Brian. I, I told you I had complicated feelings about Eowyn because- which is I fair. love her. I love her, but I also love Aragorn and Arwen. And right, do not do not touch that man. Do not speak to him. Do not look at him. Do not <laughs> breathe on him. He is taken. <laughs> do you see that beautiful jewel around his neck? How dare you speak to him? So, <laughs> oh, you think you could just come up here and make some soup? Do ya? Yeah, yeah. It's not even that good. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, wild. Complicated feelings about her, but I do love her, and I, I I grew to to love her even more on this rewatch. So good, yay, yay, Aowen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Do you guys have anything else to say about this uh, section before we move on? Nope. Just that Theoden makes a lot of mistakes. That's another thing I like about him. He's like, yeah, he's a real just, person. You know, you're like, yeah, like he just came out of a, a magic coma where he made every wrong decision ever, but it wasn't really his fault. And now he's like trying to do what he feels is best. And Gandalf's like, hey, listen, maybe don't go to Helm's Deep. We should probably just attack them now because they're going around and just attacking your people. And if we meet them head on, we'd stand a better chance. And he's like, um, I'm pretty sure I'm king of Rohan. So <laughs> uh, take a seat. And we're like, all right. And then Gandalf's like. I gotta, gotta fix this. Okay, I'll see you, you guys. Gotta in like get out week. of here. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting tense. <laughs> this is gonna get real bad real fast. Let me fix it like I do everything else. And <laughs> I just I like how fallible Theoden is, and like you know he's got a lot of mm-hmm. people to worry about, and now he's got to deal with the guilt of what's been happening under his watch. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "We're going to Helm's Deep because that's what we know in Rohan, and we've survived before." Not realizing yeah. Saruman's like, how about I have every Orokai ever show up at your door? Just I like I like this. Knowing 
the back and forths of what's happening and what the characters know and what they don't know, this particular section makes me really enjoy that. Yeah, it is his flaws that make him so likable. He's relatable. Yep. He is. Yeah. All right, well, let's mosey on along to our next group of sections. All right. I have this section titled, Faramir Captures Frodo and Sam. We have this extremely heart-wrenching scene with Gollum and Smeagol, you know, like he's got his inner battle. You don't have any friends. You're a liar and a thief, murderer. And mm-hmm. then uh, Frodo Frodo wanders off. I'm going to say See, the here we go again. Own. Frodo wanders <laughs> off and he sees the, correct me if I'm wrong, he sees the Herodrim and they have mm-hmm. the Mama Kill. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Faramir and his rangers attack the army and they find Frodo and Sam. And I have to correct myself because earlier I got a little confused when we were talking about the Dead Marshes and I thought the potatoes scene was in that part of the movie and I was wrong. And this is when the potatoes scene happens. Yep. So I got to correct myself on that one before people annihilate me on the internet. but this is this has got a lot going on and jim we got to get into the golem stuff here because this is really when i my little heart broke for him and i was no longer covering my eyes oh yeah when he showed up uh in the movie after this because i just i'm just so sad for him and the you don't have any friends like that hurts so much friends are so important and this whole bit just like killed me yeah. The whole arc with Gollum and Frodo and like that Frodo generally is empathetic towards him and 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 wants like and sees the best in and and Smeagol, you know, and and he believes mm-hmm. so so mm-hmm. much in him. This that whole arc kills me because I hate that it ends mm-hmm. the way it does where it's like a mistake that causes Gollum to take over again. You know, it's like a simple, like a simple thing where, where Frodo's trying to be kind. And I know where I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but this really like, again, when I watched this movie for the first time, you know, I had this moment of like, see, he's going to be good. Like he's just liberated himself from like his worst tendencies. And then he's so excited about finding the, 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 the brace of conies. The conies. So like, yeah, so good. Um, But yes, I agree. It's just, it's. They, they take this character that is absolutely like so easy to despise and really make him um, just sympathetic and you and you want him to be okay yeah yeah so I agree it it does make me laugh the back and forth between the two when he's like you're a liar and a chief and he's like no yeah right before he calls yeah. him a murderer I just I just like how he says no he's like no yeah. And then when he calls him a murderer, it's like, oh, murderer. right. That is that is what she did. It is really sad. I feel I feel horrible about it. Especially we'll get to it with the the 
the misunderstanding around the pool. It's like, oh man, maybe it's good, but it is. It's tragic as well because Frodo has to believe that Smeagol can be saved because yeah. he's looking into his possible future if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because the ring did that to him. That's a really good point. Right. You know, like I think about that a lot. Like that's why Frodo is so like defending him all the time because he's like the ring did that to him and I have the ring now. So I have to believe he can come back. Otherwise, that's what I'm doing right now. Right. So that's a great point. I think about that a lot when I think about Two Towers and Frodo like constantly sticking up for Smeagol. What what choice does he have if he's beyond redemption? Because Frodo and this movie is when the ring really starts to like take a hold. Mm-hmm. It's it's rough. It's yeah. rough. Yeah, he's sli- he 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 definitely has more of not even the internal struggle, just the the pressure of of dealing it, dealing with it in yeah. this movie. Exactly. Well, it's, it's kind of like beyond like, his control. Mm-hmm. It's it's like that dark side thing where it's it's corrosive, right? It's like corroding yes. him from the inside out, and he's mm-hmm. just that's why he's spacing out and wandering off and not like he's he's no longer like completely in control of of himself yep you know so brian that was a really good point i hadn't thought of that that way so i i like that a lot i think about it probably too much (laughs) (laughs) he also has the the downside of having that wound from the morgul blade so that's another thing on top Mm. of everything else that has the tie to the ring wraiths so that's why when when the ring wraiths show up he's just like i'm over here (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, it's a lot it's when a it's lot. sad when he snaps on sam like throughout the movie in, in little doses and then it kind of like escalates mm-hmm. like that's really sad i feel for sam in those moments that's when you start to see the ring it's bad it's a it bad ring bad. real bad but faramir's cool and the rangers are cool and they faramir. look cool when they're being I'm saying cool faramir faramir i mean some people i've heard say faramir i say faramir faramir okay i right. say faramir you know uh, yeah, see? Oh, Tom- okay, Tomato I'm a good tomato. company that I'm going to keep saying Faramir. <laughs> hey! <laughs> tomato, tomato. Can we just talk Duna about how Duna awesome his, his outfit is? Like, he has the best outfit, I think. Well, other than, I have to say, I love Arwen's, like, coronation gown. But other than that, uh, his ranger outfit is the coolest outfit in these movies. They are very cool. I like them a lot. It's just, the design, awesome. we talked about this. We should just be rangers. Let's figure this yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, I'm like learning how to work with leather now. Like I'm on it. <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will make us outfits. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I I love that whole scene. I love the introduction. I love that like, because that's the thing about Gondor is like, Gondor is the first line of defense outside of Mordor, right? Because Osgiliath is the first city right outside the Black Gate. So the Gondorians have been fighting Mordor for forever. They're the reason they they've kept them at bay. And mm-hmm. so Faramir being the captain that he is with his rangers goes out and finds the enemy because all of these, the, the Herodrim and the Easterlings are all headed to Mordor to gather up Sauron's army to be big enough to cover the entire world, right? Mm-hmm. So Faramir being the military tactician that he is, is going out and finding them and attacking them on the way before they can regroup with Sauron. And it's just a cool like, oh yeah, this dude's like a military man. Like he knows what's up. And they're really good at their jobs, so it's just yeah. pretty. It's it's cool to see the efficiency when they just like pop up and just start slinging arrows left and right. I know it's really awesome. Well, we really get to see Rangers in action there for the first time. That's not just like Aragorn doing something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
you know, awesome. and I like Faramir too, because you know, obviously there's like, there's that narrative tension there because he's Boromir's brother. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the, immediately you you remember what happened with Boromir and you're like, okay, there's a sense of danger here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and, and obviously eventually Faramir proved himself to be amazing. I mean, so did Boromir, but Faramir, yep. Faramir proves himself to be amazing and immediately like endears us mm-hmm. to yep. him uh, by the end of this movie. So, yeah. but yeah, I love Faramir. Another hunk just shows up with his long gold. There's so many. Hair. Yeah. We can't even all, keep it's track. It's literally all of them. Yeah. There's nobody in these Probably. movies that isn't I, just distractingly attractive. Yeah. I feel like for the casting, there were just like, please, six foot hunks. Yeah. <laughs> the six foot hunks. I want them to walk in. I will stare at them. If I feel something, they got the job. That's the first criteria you have to beat. It doesn't even matter if you can act. You have to meet that criteria first. Exactly. Exactly. I love mm. it. A well, lot. I I am like extra eager to move on to the next section. Um are you guys are you guys cool to move on? Is that with the soup? What's the next section? The soup? Mm-hmm. Oh, with um and Arwen. And Arwen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That's why I'm ready. If you guys are ready. Oh, I'm ready. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot that happens in this next section. So give me a moment to recap. We have um, <laughs> um, Eowyn is crushing big time on Aragorn. She makes mm-hmm. him stew and we learn he is 87 years old. We have yep. a flashback of Arwen and Aragorn. Aragorn tells Eowyn that she is sailing to the Undying Lands with her, with the last of her people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have the Warks, or not the Warks, the Wargs. Right, mm-hmm. the wargs yep. and the orcs yep. uh, attack uh, everybody, and Eowyn takes the women and the children to Helm's Deep. Aragorn is pushed off a cliff. They make it to Helm's Deep, and Eowyn is told that Aragorn did not make it. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the stew, guys. <laughs> yeah, it actually looks good, in my opinion. What? It looks like a like a, it looks like a dumpling kind of soup. Am I the only one? It looks good. Uh, it looks like dishwater. I have water. no idea. Yeah, it looks like dishwater. It looks like it kind of looks like like just fat. Yeah. Or like she just was like, well, maybe I can just put this in some boiling water and he'll like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you know, she, she just put like dirt and like some leaves or something in there too. She's just yeah. I don't know. And but some he dirt. Very <laughs> upset. Yeah. <laughs> this will be a great seasoning. <laughs> he'll love this. I put in my like personal notes. I put Eowyn loves Aragorn. She makes she stew does. and it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love the face, the face, the facial expressions that he makes. It's just superb, superb. But still, like kind, like he's really oh my trying God, so to be kind. nice about yep. it. So kind. But I love uh, what he like goes to pour it out, and she turns around again and just gets it all over himself and has to not react. Yeah, to, oh my God. to like the pain. <laughs> all of that extended, by the way. Yep. Everything with the soup, finding out Aragorn's eighty-seven, all extended. That's crazy. I I can see why the suit part would be extended, but the fact that we, that's like a pretty important, not important fact, but 
I don't know. I feel like it's, it's a important. fun thing that gives you an idea that like Aragorn is not, as we all know, a regular man, right? Uh, because he is descended from the Numenorians and the Dunedain. Uh, yeah. They live much longer. So yeah. <laughs> okay, can we cut. get into Arwen and Aragorn now? I'm like freaking. Here we out. go. <laughs> okay, Jim, yep. when you talk about Aragorn is the way I talk about Arwen. Like she is so beautiful. Like if I could be that beautiful, I could, I could rule the universe. If I had that much power <laughs> in looks alone, she's gorgeous. And I love, um, I love this scene because it's just, it's just a knife in the heart. It is so painful to watch in the best way. <laughs> I put on here, I put on here, Aragorn has a flashback of kissing Arwen and she tells him to go with Frodo. They kiss a lot. That's, that's what I wrote down. They kiss a lot. Um, and, you know, a one. I feel like, like you wrote this in your diary too. <laughs> yeah. Like. Honestly, yes. Yeah. Um, and Eowyn is asking like, where is she? The woman who gave you that jewel? And then we go back to... Aragorn and Arwen and stinkle face Elrond t- <laughs> telling her to, you know, let go of him. And just the fact that, that Aragorn tells her he's not coming back and she's just devastated. Why are you saying this? And he's like, I am mortal. You are elf kind. It was a dream. Nothing more. Mm-hmm. I am wrecked. <laughs> I hate it. It's so painful. And he tries to give her back the necklace, and she's like, it was a gift. Um, Ow. He's so noble. Oh, my God. I love him. And oh, it's just so painful. He's being so stupid, but he's so noble. He's being so stupid for the right reasons. That's the thing is he is still trying to protect her, and that's why it's so painful is because he is in pain. But he wants the best for her, and, and it's, oh, my God guys well and that's why there's a little tension there with aowen too because he's mm-hmm. like this makes more sense mm-hmm. you yep. know and in, in, in that sense but you and i'm like but it's not the same <laughs> no it's not the same <laughs> and um, again it's not like look aowen eventually gets a little a little uh, fire mirror action yes. she gets her own six foot hunk so uh, i mean it works not out the same. <laughs> it's not, okay it's not the same but still yep uh, yep i was it's Oh, it's ahead, it's Brian. complicated. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I was telling my husband the other day, I was like, it's so funny that I love the romance in these movies so much. I love Arwen and Aragorn. And then I was also talking about how I love Tariel and Keeley in the Hobbit trilogy. And I said, it's so odd that I like that because I'm not that kind of person. I don't care about romance in Star Wars. Anakin and Padme, great. But I'm not, I'm not watching the prequels for that part of the story. But these mm-hmm. movies, I'm like, I am here for Arwen and Aragorn. <laughs> and holy crap, I love them. And I want them to have babies and live happily ever after. Like, I love them. Um so yeah, this this scene was just extremely, extremely painful. And then he flies off a cliff, and I literally think he's gone. Like it's just a freaking roller coaster here within like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, to go back to the romance part, I think what's different is there's no will they or won't they. Like there sort of is, but you know that like they are very much in love with each other from the first moments you see them together. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like. Um, so they're like, it's a very small amount of will they or won't they, but it's mostly like bittersweet. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's not love gone unexpressed. They are absolutely in love and it's very, very powerful, but there's, like you said, they're sitting there like kind of denying it be, due to these mm. existential circumstances. And so I think that's what makes it 
powerful is there's never a moment where the love itself is in question. It's everything else that's pushing them different ways. And, um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I, I totally get it. It's a, it's super powerful. And like you said, Arwen is, they cast Liv Tyler and then lit her. She is and put stunning. Them, and she, she was just like, we need to basically, she needs to look like a goddess. Like she yeah. can't, she's not human. She's, a, you know, she lives forever. So like, and they absolutely nailed it. And her like, performance, like the way she speaks and her face is just so soft. And like, she doesn't have any wrinkles, A, because she's an elf and B, because she doesn't get crazy emotional about stuff where she's like making her face all crazy. <laughs> like I need to, I need to channel that energy here. But I just, yeah, she's just, I mean, she's completely angelic and her bone structure is just flawless, you know? Elves, man. I want to it, be her. They made her. a different way. Yes. <laughs> this I podcast is just people talking about how Hot attractive. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just... that, that's what we said when we wanted to start this series. We're like, we're I just going to talk about mm-hmm. how gorgeous they all are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, it's a great story, but what really is important that everybody is hot and yeah. that yeah. needs to be brought up repeatedly. Absolutely. That's like 90% of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Jim, you'll have to tune in to our Return of the King episode because when... Oh, I can't wait. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The end. I'm not even going to go into it, but I am beyond controllable when they see each other again. It's just game over. Same, same. It's my favorite. Anyways, you'll have to listen for that because it's just makes me so happy. Um, I like the back and forth between this flashback here because... Aragorn made the tough decision, but in his eyes was the right decision. Mm. And as the resident Elrond apologist, remember that Elrond has tried several times to make Aragorn take up his birthright and be like, hey, listen, you're the rightful king of Gondor, and you should probably do that because, listen, my daughter's going to outlive literally all of this, and this is a painful thing. Let's maybe not do this. And Aragorn's like, all right, cool. I'm just going to dip because, of course, he is. But there... It's an interesting thing because as you guys are kind of talking about it, I realized it's like this, the love is there, but they almost acknowledge it, but don't acknowledge it. It just is. You know what I mean? They're not like trying to prove to anyone else Mm -hmm. that they love each other, if that makes any sense. It's like, this is just a thing, but my responsibilities make it so that we can't just worry about ourselves. So much so that you have to, in Aragorn's eyes, give it up for the greater good because he's looking out for her. I don't know. It's it's done really, really well. And I don't think I've well, ever seen romance in another form of fiction that is quite like this. The chemistry between Vigo and Liv, oh, too, yeah. is just oh really, God. really strong. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if you're two people that are that gorgeous and you're just sit, sitting there How would there you not have Elvish, chemistry with Vigo? Yeah. Like, let's for be real. real. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Oh, my but, like, God. I, also, I'm going to say really quick, to defend Elrond as well. Yes. He's like, how many thousands of years old at this point? How right? much pain has this man endured in yeah. his life? How many how many people has he watched die? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's 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 basically watched the the failure of an entire species in uh in Isildur's choice not to destroy the one ring. Like uh-huh. he's a bro- he he's he's a hardened person and for good reason. At the same time, it's like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> let your just let the kids be. be in love like but also think about she's in love with a descendant of the guy who broke everything aragorn's yeah. not just some random let person he's yeah, a direct descendant 
Let them have babies. It's true, though. But for, <laughs> it, yeah. That definitely feels star-crossed from Elrond's point of view. Like, uh, you know, that's that, that doesn't seem like it'll end up boding well. Even though I think Elrond does love Aragorn. And he, A lot. he proves that through his, his actions repeatedly in, yep. in, in the story. So... And like little Lord of the Rings lore, Elrond basically raised Aragorn. Right. Like they grew up together because Aragorn's dad died when he was like four. And then Aragorn's mom took Aragorn to Rivendell and Aragorn grew up with like Elrond's sons. And that's how he like learned to become a ranger and all that stuff. So he ostensibly is Aragorn. Aragorn is his son as well. And then he fell in love with his daughter. So there's that other thing. That's why he's constantly being like, you're a king. Pick up the crown. This is what you do. And Aragorn's like, I'm going to be a ranger instead. Good for him. So the, it's, compli- it's complicated. You know, look at it from Elrond's point of view. I just, I love them. And he has a stank yep. face. Elrond. <laughs> Elrond has the stank face. He's like, I took you into my house. I took care of everything. And then you fall in love with my daughter and want her to stay here and die with you? Complicated. Hmm. Let's talk about the wargs and the orcs. <laughs> I love this. The battle at the Gap of Rohan. Did you say this was extended as well? Um, let me think. Let me think. No. Okay. I don't think so. No, this battle isn't. Okay. I'm like running it through in my head. I made that up then. No, that's all there. Even like Legolas's sweet little backside Yo, flip, flip thing onto the horse. Yes. I don't care what anyone says. It's awesome. Oh, I love it's that. It's so cool. I love that. Also, Legolas's little trick shot, like artillery fire arrows at like yeah. the very beginning, where he's just like bloop, like taking people so out. So cool. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Gimli love gets it a lot. stuck under a, a dead yeah. war. <laughs> Bless his little <laughs> Things heart. keep getting on top of him. <laughs> that man, his poor little lungs. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love that fight, though. Like, it, I love how it brings like some stakes to the middle of the movie or what feels like the middle of the movie. I don't even know what part yes. of the movie this is in, but um, yep. you know, we've got some action and I just was so distraught when Aragorn flew off the cliff. I was like, Oh my God, yeah. he's not going to have her babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a callback to the fellowship of the ring because uh, Boromir kept trying to get the fellowship to go through the Gap of Rohan, which is mm. where this battle takes place. And they're like, it's too open. Saruman will be able to find us and get to us. Well, he was Guess right. Guess what? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think when you watched this? Like, did you think Aragorn was a goner? How was that reaction from you two? Jim? Yeah, I think, again, you know, again, not really knowing the story. I think, and obviously, like, my heart and soul is in Aragorn at this point. So watching him disappear off a cliff was like, if he is dead, I am dead too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if I truly thought it, but I de- it definitely was a worry. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't want to believe when, it, I'm with, sure. Oh no, no, of course not. And like, cause what would the rest of the, you know, like what would really, what would these movies be? What would the rest of two towers and trash no. without Aragorn? It would be very awful. short. Be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but at the time I didn't know, but I, yeah, that was very worrisome. But then we, you know, thankfully we get to see his thank you know, thank goodness for, for Brago. That's really all I have to say. Brago the horse. Yep. The real MVP. Mm-hmm. What yeah. a precious little baby. 
yep. just wants to go. I think that's a that's a little farther ahead, but yeah, Brago just he's like, let me find my boy, mm-hmm. my little my, my boy Aragorn, mm. just to say we're even. That's true. Because Brago was Theodred's horse, and Aragorn was like, he's seen enough, let him go. Mm. A little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. I was I was very distraught <laughs> <laughs> the first time I saw it. You know, like twelve year old me, however old I was, I was just like, <gasps> and then when he went over, because you don't think he's gonna survive it. And then when they look over, I was like, oh no, because you know I thought they killed Gandalf in the first one, and then they brought him back, and I was like, but Aragorn's not a wizard. They <laughs> killed Boromir. <laughs> he has the power of hunkiness on his side. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, can it save him? Luckily, yes, yes, it can. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was, I was very distraught. And then the fact that that goblin. Uh, or the orc had the mm-hmm. Evan Star pendant. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah. And then when Eowyn found out, I was just as distraught as she was. Oh <laughs> man, her face, her yeah. face, bless her heart. That's where I do feel, I I feel sympathy for her because I was like, yeah. "Oh man, you <laughs> fell hard for this man," as I would have as well. <laughs> Who fell and... harder, he off the cliff, or you in this moment? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think she uh I think she fell harder. So that was really sad. Yeah. I think so too. Mm. Yikes. Well, are we ready to to move on to to little baby Brago? Let's do it. So Aragorn, Aragorn washes up on a riverbank. Brago the horse helps him, and they head to Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. Elrond, Stankface, tells Arwen <laughs> that she will have to taste <laughs> the bitterness of mortality when Aragorn is gone. He's not uh, wrong. Galadriel questions whether the elves should wash their hands of Middle Earth. Sauron's Saruman's army is revealed and they head to Helm's Deep. Aragorn sees them, heads to Helm's Deep and warns Theoden. And then uh, Frodo learns that Boromir is dead and they capture Gollum and take everyone to Gondor. So lots of things going on here and skipping around between different characters. Um, But we have more Stangface Elrond and (laughs) (laughs) it's just a rough time. It's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility being a being that's been around for literally all of this. I mean, Galadriel's one of the like holders of the original three rings. Mm-hmm. You know, like they've they've watched how this goes, and it's like, you know, the final bell's about to ring. What do we do? Because we do we have a responsibility? Because the elves and men fought against Sauron originally in the giant battle, and then Isildur kept the ring. So then all this happened because of those decisions. So it's a lot. It's a lot to realize. Like, do we take responsibility? Because they don't have to. Technically, they could just get on the boats, go to the Undying Lands, and everything's cool for them. Right. So it becomes this: what part do we play in this? Mm-hmm. Because we've tried this once before. How much do we care? Exactly. Like we tried really hard before, and the men just keep ruining it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's. It's a genuine it's a genuine discussion. Why to have. do the men and keep Elrond's ruining it, dream? Brian? What's the saying? How does the old saying go? 
Which one? Oh, oh, oh. I don't even remember. <laughs> Men ain't worth nothing. <laughs> Men ain't worth nothing. Yeah. He's seen it. It's, I mean, he, listen, he, from experience, Elrond knows firsthand you can't trust these guys. But there's a, and he's looking out for his daughter because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you can have love right now. But listen, you're going to have to watch literally everyone die in front of you, just so as you know. So he's trying, he's trying his best to be a, a good dad at the moment. Uh, but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a it's a it's a moment where things are getting bad, and then when Saruman's army gets revealed, it's like, oh, whoa, oh, right, yeah, yeah. This is actually way worse than we thought. Like, oh, he has an army. How big can it be? It's like very big. That's how big. Like bigger. Think big. It's bigger than that. Yeah. And things. Are I love. I love that scene because I love the shot and and how vast it is. I mean, that's like top yeah. tier. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying, Terrifying is always the correct word. Yeah. Back to praising Brad Dourif before when he's talking about like how to make a bomb, essentially. He's like, oh, we need an army. And Brad Dourif goes out and you see like a tear fall from his eye because it's mm. like that much to take in the size of this army. Mm-hmm. It's oof. Oof. It's a, it's lot. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And Aragorn makes it to Helm's Deep and he's like, yo, they're going to be here. By nightfall, we have to. Whoa, 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 whoa! What? Aragorn doesn't just make it. No, no, no. To Helm's Deep, the greatest. He throws entrance. open the door, <laughs> and, and 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 the most stunning image of a man walking through a door ever captured. Facts. Uh, and Thank so you for just stopping to, me. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I hate to correct you, but yeah. it's, it just needs to be cited <laughs> that it's not just coming to Helm's Deep. He throws open those doors with the with the power and grace and uh and hunkiness. God, we love him for it. And hunky I'm just, just hunkiness turned up to a thousand. I yeah. just You're oh absolutely right. Oh um, so good. But you know what I was thinking about too as you guys were talking about like the the army. It's funny because somehow the the battle and the two towers of Helm's Deep, but but just like that image imagery of the army, looks almost more epic and feels more terrifying mm-hmm. than what we get. I think in Return of the King, like, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that 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 there's there's an epicness to that. Obviously, the scope of that battle is much larger. Mm-hmm. But when you think about like how small, like it, how small that area feels, and how haggard and tired all those characters are versus that yes. like, mm-hmm. army Agreed. of of seven foot, you know, muscular monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a there's there's just such a direness headed into the Battle of Helm's Deep. Um, that's definitely there in Return of the King, but this just feels more like very desperate. It's such a desperate battle, and so there's a, a I feel like a much more like. Um, you're you're holding your breath a lot more, mm-hmm. and everything so, is so hap- is happening so quickly because they have so little time to like prepare and basically yeah. m- mentally and physically get ready for this battle. That's the big thing. It's like the, it's like women and children and old men and like you know, they're entirely unprepared. And Theoden's too proud to ask for help. And we know from Gandalf they should not be going to Helm's Deep, and they're going anyway. And Helm's mm-hmm. Deep is backed into a corner. It's like the stakes are so like, if it weren't for the elves showing up and if it weren't for Gandalf showing up, man would have been slaughtered. That's right. like the end of the stories here. Well, and like you were saying earlier, like it's Theoden's also, 
extremely depressed. And yeah. part of him probably wants, like, knows. He's like, okay, well, we're going to, like, he he's doing it on purpose. Like, he may know better, but it's like, we're going to make our last stand yes. here. Like, I don't care if I live or die mm-hmm. at this point. My well, his dead. son is gone, yeah. So, yeah, he's got so, nothing else. It's uh, And so, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier, but watching this arc, because he goes to that, and then there's the horse and the rider speech, and then obviously his whole thing in Return of the King, that's why Theoden's so cool. Yeah. He's such a great character. Mm -hmm. But yes. I agree. I love it. I love it. It's so good. And after that, you mentioned, this is where Frodo learns that Boromir is dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really sad, because I didn't think about it the first time I saw it, that Frodo didn't know. I just, you know, there's so much going on. I'm not like, does Frodo know what happened? Yeah. So when he learned, I was like, oh, that's actually really sad. And then all of the stuff with Boromir is extended. Oh, wow. Boromir was not in the two-tower theatrical cut. Hmm. Yep. Um, so I, I loved that stuff because Denethor is such a dick all the time. <laughs> and Faramir is so cool. And I loved these scenes so much because it showed that even with those two positions that they are in and the way that they treat each other, Boromir was this like mediator of like you should really be nice to him because he's really cool and like sticking up for his brother all the time mm-hmm. but then it also gets really sad when he's like you're going to the fellowship this is what we're doing I don't trust your brother get here and just do what you're going to do and he's like oh, I don't want to leave because we're doing this thing and I'm a captain of Gondor and I love all this stuff with with Boromir here yeah me too it's funny Real that good. you mention you like I, I mentioned that part about Frodo learns Boromir is dead because I had never really realized that and somehow I like missed that bit uh, in the multiple times I've seen this movie. And when that happened, I like paused it and I turned to Sean and I go, wait, where was Frodo? And I was like sitting there thinking about like, oh, right. Like he wasn't there. He wouldn't know. Like it all made sense Mm -hmm. once I was connecting the pieces. But obviously we're seeing so many things that Frodo does not see. And so that never really like clicked in my head. And I was like, wow, that's. That's rough right there, you know? Um, yeah. And then they capture Gollum and it gets even more rough because, bless his little heart, he's just being tortured and he trusts Frodo. Yeah. It's just so much is happening. Um, and and Faramir does not, does not trust Gollum. Not for a second. And rightfully so. Yeah, very rightfully fair. so. Very <laughs> to be rightfully Faramir. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I also think about like with, so Gollum was with Frodo and Sam and then the attack happens. They capture Frodo and Sam. Gollum's gone. Mm -hmm. And then he's just like, I guess I'll grab lunch. Like he's just singing a song, (laughs) enjoying his life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I think about that sometimes. Like he just totally gave up on them. (laughs) I was like, well, that was a fun few days. I'm going to go do my thing now. (laughs) Yeah, nuts. It's interesting because his like innocence has kind of come back to him. Yeah, you know, and like a weird. I mean, he, he is smashing a fish against a boulder, so I don't know like <laughs> who doesn't how do that, much yeah. you know. But okay, that's fair. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a there's an innocence there that's returned to him, and uh, yeah, it just makes. But it's still, regardless of whether you should trust him or not, it's still really sad that he. Frodo put gets put in the position where he has to lie to him in order to save his life. Yeah. And that's what pushes him over the edge, you know, mm-hmm. like again, back into Gollumness. So. Yeah. 
breaks my heart. That's oh, the saddest thing for me with Gollum is when he's like really nervous and he's like looking around, like what is yeah. what's going on? Like that that specific shot to me is is the most heartbreaking. When it's it comes so to much like a, a a dog that's been abused. Yes, and you're coaxing it to come to you, and you're like, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to help you. Exactly. And just, ugh, it's so sad. And they snatch him anyway. I know. God. Misunderstanding. Awful. Um, are you guys ready to like move on to the Battle of Helm's Deep? <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna preface this by saying I did not want to break out uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep into like multiple sections. So I'm gonna run through the highlights here, and then we are going to <laughs> dive in because there's so much to get into. All right. Uh, so here we go. Legolas doubts their odds of winning. Later, he apologizes to Aragorn for his doubt. The elves arrive to help fight. The Ents gather and take a while to discuss what they're going to do. Meanwhile, in Gondor, uh, the Nazgûls arrive. Theoden agrees to give it one last go with Aragorn against the Urukai. Gandalf returns with the Rohirrim. Rohirrim? I keep forgetting Rohirrim. how to say that. Yep. Who attack uh, from behind. The Ents battle at Isengard and destroy where the Urukai army is created. That is a lot of stuff condensed into a little <laughs> amount of words. So you did great. You did no- very good. Th- these notes were very good. Oh, yep. Thank you. Thank you. So we, yeah, let's, who wants to go first? Because Jim, we have a lot. <laughs> okay. So there's two things I want to talk about. First, another, uh, another Aragorn gem when uh, Legolas is doubting him or yep. doubting like their survival <laughs> and Aragorn switches to English and he yells, then I will die as one of them. Another just mm. absolute gem mm. of a moment. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about, I know this sounds kind of weird, but how moonlight looks in mm. this movie. It's mm-hmm. like, so I was thinking about it. It was actually, I was started to think about it um, earlier during the, uh, when the Urukai and the Rohirrim have their little battle and we think, you know, you're supposed mm-hmm. to think Mary and Pippin died, but like the, like this movie at night. And I mean, obviously it's a function of like, we, we need to see what's going on. If you portray night and moonlight as it actually is, you're not going to see much, yep. mm-hmm. but like it looks ethereal, like bluer than blue, like, yeah. like the most purest moonlight, like, lighting up the sky and especially when you know obviously when we get to the battle and it starts to rain and it is absolutely gorgeous Mm -hmm. like that lighting is so gorgeous that's such a good note if if savannah picks up on savannah picks up on the wigs of (laughs) yomer you know like that's the stuff like i see and i'm just like wow like look at that like how how they lit this because it's 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 fantasy moonlight it's mm-hmm. not real that is right. not real moonlight but it just 
it gives that whole scene like that 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 sort of like epic quality to it. It's gorgeous. I love it. I love that you point that out because I think there's other like franchises out there that have portrayed battles at night with moonlight before. One of them that like comes to mind is uh, Game of Thrones. And sometimes mm-hmm. it can be way too dark and you can't see what's happening and you don't get the details of everything that's going on. And I love that you mentioned that because I've never picked up on that, but that's never been a problem for me when watching these movies. I've never had a problem of seeing what's happening um, and like missing important details and stuff. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. I mean, everybody, I remember that. I mean, what was that? The the third or the second to last episode of mm-hmm. Game of, of Thrones season, when yeah. everybody complained you couldn't see anything. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that was a fair, a fair argue, uh, like um, criticism. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this movie, like they, they like this whole scene. Like, I mean, I think it's really hard to say that the battle for Helm's Deep is not, if it's not the best, it's in like the top three best cinematic battles ever, Agreed. ever captured. You know, like there's, there's a whole storyline to the battle. There's a push and pull to it. It is gorgeously photographed. It is wonderfully choreographed, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the sense that like I was talking about Gandalf and the Balrog and how like, it's just two cosmic beings doing this really crazy otherworldly cinematic battle. This is also like a time where the choreography with like the fight stunts really, really comes together Mm -hmm. and is just awesome where it it feels visceral, you know, like it's a very visceral fight and um, gosh. And it's again, photographed gorgeously. I love that. It's so easy to follow too. I think, battles like this can be really difficult to watch sometimes because you will lose where your characters are and what's going on with them. And you kind of lose a sense of where you are as like the viewer. And I love that they so perfectly balance showing the insane scope of this battle and how many, you know, enemies there are and still focusing in on our main characters, where they are, what they're doing, how they're reacting to things. And it's just... You don't get too much of that. You don't get too little of that. It's it's just so perfectly done. But I, I love that because I've watched other things that have large battles and it's, you know, it's difficult for me to follow what's happening and where we are and what sort of progress or lack of progress there is with, you know, our heroes and, and who's winning the battle. Um, but they do a really good job at like checking in with, with all of the main characters in this battle. I love it. Yeah. I, I think I, you, I think you pointed I mean, I, I think this was like a period where it was fashionable to show like the frenetic, like energy of a battle. So you'd get a lot of handheld shots, like in the middle of, and you just see like limbs and men moving and flashing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not what this is. Like they are like, no, 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 we're going to pull this out and you're going to see our characters move from A to B. And it's just much better from a storytelling standpoint Mm -hmm. than that. And yeah, so a hundred percent like again, and that adds, that adds to the timelessness of, of, I think these movies is it's a very small thing, but like just being able to clearly tell that story and the way they do that helps so much with the longevity you know, because you watch a lot of fight scenes or whatever, or battle scenes from like the late 90s, early 2000s with that handheld thing. And it's, they're so impossible to follow. Mm-hmm. And some of them are okay, but like 
this just it feels so right for this story it's yeah it's really really cool that was yeah. a good point yeah and and you as the audience member doesn't have to make up in your head what you think is happening like you're seeing it it's playing out in front of you and this is something brian and i have talked about a little bit before is i think about if i were to watch this movie as a kid what would kid savannah's reaction have been and i think a lot of stuff in these movies would have scared me as a kid but i think about how difficult would it have been for me to follow these movies and i think for this battle in particular it would not have been hard for me to follow this movie um, as a child and not understand like what's going on so i love that it's clearly like not for all ages, but it's definitely not going to be hard for a kid to be able to follow what's going on here. Oh, yeah. You want to know why it works? Because it it's work? not about the battle. It's, it's about the characters yeah. in the battle. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. that's what yep. they 100%. that's why it's so easy to follow, because we have this happens in layers. This is why I love it so much, because we already know we're scared. We're probably going to lose. But you know what? We're here. So we're going to put a sword in every kid's hand that can hold one. If you're an old guy, that's cool too. You know, they mentioned some people have seen too too few winters and some too many. Mm -hmm. um, I do love that bit when they're talking in Elvish because nobody else knows what they're talking about until Aragorn says, then I'll die as one of them. So imagine being someone <laughs> who's like picking mm -hmm. up your shield and then you're like, all right, Elvish, Elvish, Elvish. I'll die as one. Oh die as God. one of them. What? I never <laughs> even thought about that. <laughs> Yeah, they like nobody knows what they're saying until that line. <laughs> so like, oh god, the guys that were our heroes are they're down. This That's isn't good. comforting. Uh huh. And you know, there's that part with the kid, and I love he that. he's got a sword, and Aragorn's like, "This is a good sword. It's not a good sword. Look at it. It's old and rusted and chipped. It's a bad sword." But he's trying to be nice to him. Um. So that it gives happens. Him a little bit of hope. A yeah. little bit of hope, which. Aragorn's name when he was being raised by Elrond was Estelle, which is the Elvish word for hope. Little thing for you. Yeah. What a hunk. You know? I know? So like that happens, and then they're not looking good, and then Haldir shows up, which I loved. That's just such a cool thing. You know, there was an alliance once with men and uh, elves, and they came here to honor that allegiance, and it's awesome. And then we're like, okay, we got reinforcements now. We got elves. We're feeling pretty good. We're feeling pretty good. And then you have that moment where that old guy accidentally loses the arrow. And that stresses me out so much. As a kid, <laughs> I like had a visceral reaction to that because I felt so bad for that guy. <laughs> like I, to this day, I'm like, oh, no, dude, what did you do? And then but the it's... old guy get pumped from it. It's just so stressful. See, I, I always thought it was kind of like a like a break, like a like it's a break in this tension because mm -hmm. it's a literal release. Like he yeah. literally releases the arrow yep. and kills a guy and the and the Urukai like crumples like in a very slow, like kind yep. of comedic manner. And, and it's almost like a okay. Yeah. <laughs> now we all right, now we can fight. Now we can get to this actual battle part. I was like, um, it's gonna get so much worse now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There are but they a get few humor other... in with the contest oh. as well. You know, yeah. they do in the midst of this battle where the ladders are going up with Legolas and Gimli like competing to see who can kill the most. Right. Like that's something they do in this battle better than any other battle I've seen in anything else is there's the stakes, but also those moments of humor. But then also when it blows up and then Aragorn is down there by himself and Gimli just straight up jumps into the fray and like they're looking out for each other as best they can in the midst of it. You know, like they're fighting, but the fight is not the center. 
You know, the center is like, we're falling back. Get Haldir out of there. Haldir's fighting a bunch of people, and he ends up getting killed, but you're worried about Haldir. You're not necessarily looking at all of the Urukai he's fighting around him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. I just love it. I love the, um, I like how you said, Jim, there's like a break in the tension. And I also love the the playfulness between Gimli and Legolas, like throughout the battle that is also mm-hmm. serving as like a break in the tension because it's humorous. And I love when, when uh, Aragorn throws Gimli, you know, like over to the bridge and he's like, do not oh, yeah. tell the elf, you know, I love that <laughs> so much. And there's like a couple other little moments like that. And it brings some light to everything that's going on. Um, and then Aragorn and Gimli like kick major ass on the bridge, and I just yeah they do live for that. I love I f- it. I forget what I saw. I, I think I saw like a video about this battle like forever ago, um, like a like a YouTube like someone did an essay on it, um, and they talked about how this whole thing and this goes back to Brian's point about it being character driven, and that's why it's such a compelling battle, is that it it kind of follows its own like like the conventions of plot like it has its setting and then the conflict and then it goes up and down like there are moments of levity and immediately the stakes are raised again and then there's a moment of levity and the stakes are raised again and they're all character beats that lead us to the climax of like the writing the coming of the Rohirrim and the and Theoden and Aragorn riding out to to meet them mm-hmm. you know and it's 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 such a brilliant thing but yeah the, the I love because the Legolas Gimli thing is is great. You know, they're like basically like a married couple <laughs> yeah. by this point and the thing, and they're just there. But I love because Aragorn is not Aragorn. Excuse me, is is he's very soft and like a kind, like gentle presence. So like he very sheepishly, and he's very like sheepishly like Gimli suggests being thrown, and he's like, "It's a long way, man." <laughs> like, are you sure? And and Gimli's like. Like basically is like don't don't tell my wife yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> don't tell my wife I did this and uh, oh, but that's but yeah that that's what makes those are moments that make the battle and like you know like you were saying Brian when Haldir dies like that Oof. again this is a character that we've spent probably less than five minutes with yeah. screen time wise but because of how clearly they've set up like what it means to have the elves who are immortal arrive mm-hmm. to help the humans in this battle. They give him his death time, even though mm-hmm. he's not a major character. Cause that's a symbol of like, he what is that being sacrifice? Lost. Yes. Right. You know, and it's, oh man. Yeah. So good. Yep. It's real good. I love it's it. Literally so I love good. it so much. And Legolas using the shield to go downstairs and shoot people and they kill someone with the shield. Coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I love yeah, that. I love like, that they did that. I like that Lord of the Rings can have moments like that. Like yeah, I didn't get to talk yeah. about fellowship with you guys, but there's so much like fun swordplay stuff in fellowship. Oh yeah. That you know, like it and it and it exists in two towers, but I think as the stakes go up, it becomes less adventurous and more story story focused. But like yep. you know, there's so much of that, and I'm glad that they they put that like in this. And then Aragorn too, just like jumping like body slamming people from like the <laughs> ramparts or whatever he does. Oh yeah. Good. That, that punch right after Hollier dies when he just grabs a sword hill and like punches him in the face and then rides the ladder down. I'm like, dude, oh, what's so he good. doing? So good. I love it. I love it. But they got to fall back because overwhelming odds. Mm-hmm. And then Theoden's like, I need some time. He's like, all right, cool. And then they're able to secure the door. Mm-hmm. And then when he get back, gets back in, it goes, okay, so wow. 
we're really going to lose this, huh? <laughs> well, it, it's like he has like a moment where he's like, you know what? I don't want to die. Here, yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't want my people to die here. Yep. You know, but he doesn't know what. Like what the options are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, oh, man. And just again, we get our boy Bernard Hill uh-huh. delivering the where's where where's the horse and the rider like yep. monologue. And it's just so powerful. And it's like, again, this guy, again, secondary character getting this awesome monologue. And it's like the first of two awesome monologues because he gets the best speech and return of the king as well yeah so like he's just they were just like let's just give this man everything he deserves all of these great speeches let's just do this because he he sells it so hard and then yes you know aragorn coming to him and 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 being like we should ride out together you know as oh brothers. my god and like you're just so good. i have to read you my diary on this as you refer to yeah. it, please 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 because these are notes diary. i was typing in my phone as I'm watching the movie, not getting super detailed, but just hitting in the high points, you know? Sure. And it turned into like 11 pages of notes. Um, I just put Classic. on here, Theoden agrees to go out and fight with Aragorn. They mow down, in all caps, they mow down the bridge. And then in all caps with lots of exclamation points, Gandalf returns, Shadowfax, Rohirrim, more troops. They come in from beca- from behind. Like, I was just caps everything exclamation points everything (laughs) rainbow colors like you know i was just living for this i love when they when they ride off together and and go for one last hurrah same you're just in your room like shooting off confetti i know party streamers like new year's poppers i'm literally like (laughs) on the couch my husband is next to me i have like a blanket over me i've got my little phone taking my notes and i'm just like fist pumping left and right like just yeah you know and he's just like yes i've seen this movie 150 times you know i love it yeah that's beautiful well and we we forgot to mention but like there's that awesome bit of again gandalf being just incredible foreshadowing where he's like uh brian you'll have to probably it's like on the light of the the third day yep look to the east yeah yeah, look to the east i mean so they set that up and but by this point in the battle unless you've read the books you've forgotten you've probably forgotten that so they write out and you're like okay how is this how is this going to go Mm -hmm. and then and then the light I I love that. Like something that Lord of the Rings does very well is faith in your friends. Mm -hmm. And like, because Aragorn, when he's talking about what their options are and what we should do, he looks out the window and sees the sun starting to come up. And he's like, right out with me. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Like he is full faith that whatever Gandalf's plan is, is going to work. So let's just get out there. And Theoden this whole time has been like, okay, well, if this is our end, I want it to be memorable. I want there to be songs sung of what's about to happen. Mm. And the current position of being behind the door and just waiting for them to break through to kill them all is not the end that he was looking for. So when Aragorn offers him that, it's like, you know what? You're the king of Rohan. Let's do this. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. this is who you are. This is what you do. We're at Helm's Deep. Let's do this. And boy, does he. Oh, it's so cool. Also shows how important it is to have a horse in battle. It is a massive advantage. <laughs> <laughs> you yes. just kill people by running them over with horses. Yes. That's just why behead, hold Calvary. your sword out, behead them. Done. Yeah, literally. Like, you don't even have to do anything. There's battles where you didn't even need your sword. Like a horse can run someone over and kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cavalry was a big deal in medieval warfare. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's so wild. Good. And then and throughout the battle, we've we've got these moments where we're cutting back to the hobbits with Treebeard. We're cutting back to Frodo, yep. Sam, and Gollum and, and mm-hmm. Faramir. And you've got the breaks between all the craziness of the battle. You're still wanting to get back to the battle, though, but there's other important stuff happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nazgul's arrive. Like, you it's... get one of the greatest speeches in cinema history. Yes. By yes, Sam. We do. Yes, we do. Incredible. Um, There's some good in this world. I'm looking to see if that's technically in the second part I have for us next, but is it? Yeah, I think. I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I think that's where the movie ends, right? Because the last shot, not to, not to get too far ahead, but the last shot I think is like them walking, and then it pans up and shows Mordor. Yes, but um, the oh scene, wait, the so scene, the scene with the speech is when they're in Osgiliath because Faramir decides, mm, I'm. Go- I know you mm. have the ring. I know who you are. I'm going to take you to my dad, and then maybe he'll finally love me. And mm. then he sees the Rough. toll that it takes on Frodo <laughs> when the Nazgul show up and fight in Osgiliath. And then Frodo's like, hey, I'm over here. And right before the Witch King grabs it, they Faramir, Faramir fires an arrow. Sam grabs Frodo. They roll down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then he just basically explains, this ring is like really taking a toll on me. And Sam's like, yeah. well, this is what we do. Like, you know, there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for. This is the hope. And then yeah. Faramir hears that speech and is like, yeah, I got to let him go. It's the right thing to do. Uh, yeah. Well, let's move on to just like recapping the rest of it. Because everything I have next is just like the end of the movie. So I'm going to go through that and then we, gotcha. can, okay. we can talk about all that. Got okay. It. So the uruk flee uh, into the forest and the trees destroy them. Faramir lets Frodo and Sam go. He threatens Gollum after learning oh, where they is. are being taken. Merry and Pippin feast and find, correct me if I'm wrong on this, long bottom leaf pipe weed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Pipe weed. Yep. Long bottom leaf. Yep. Um, Gandalf says the war for Middle Earth is just about to begin. All their hopes lie with two little hobbits. Because I I also forgot to mention earlier, Gandalf learns that Sam is with Frodo. He learned yep. that soon after his return from Aragorn. Yes. Oh man, I made a note about that, and I totally forgot to mention how much I love that. We will. It's a great. Scene. We will. We will definitely talk about that because I meant to mention that earlier and I totally missed it. Um, and then the very last thing I have noted is we have Gollum and Smeagol again with the internal battle. And then uh, he refers to Shelob, which yep. I didn't know until this time, which was a really fun realization. And he's like, mm-hmm. she could do it. So yep. that's, I mean, that's kind of where the movie ends. But yeah, let's go back and and give you some space, Jim, to talk about that moment because I forgot to, to talk about that earlier with um, Gandalf. Well, I, you know, when you brought up the Sam, the Sam Frodo thing that, you know, Savannah didn't really like Sam sort of thing. That's the moment I thought of, though, is like Gandalf. And again, that's an extended scene. Yeah, that scene between is. him and Aragorn um, where Gandalf is like reassured. Yeah, like the, the joy that comes over his face for a moment that Frodo is not alone mm-hmm. and specifically that sam is with him like yes wow it's just i love it feels good so good and, it, and like and and you you know because gandalf you know occupies this sort of you know he's like the the wizards aren't prophetic or anything at least i don't think so maybe mm-hmm. like a little bit but but like there's a it's almost like foreshadowing yeah like because he's reassured you know that sam is going to take care of frodo you know mm-hmm. So it's just a bit of, oh man, I love it, I love it so much. Because you're right, there is a def, and again, just beautiful performances all around. The tiny little nuances of like, whew, 
All our hopes lie with the Hobbit. He's got Sam. Oh, of course he does. Of course he's got Sam. Okay, cool. Like a noticeable change of relief that Sam is still with him. Because don't you dare lose him, Samwise Gamgee. I love it. I love it so much. Really quick, um, I think we we sort of skipped over it because we got really into Helm's Deep Mm -hmm. because it's awesome. But like the March of the Ents also I think is in the last area. So good. And so you have have all that. You get... You, you get trees just picking up boulders and just like whipping them yeah. like yeah. at a tower, just like just throwing boulders. Like I, I remember that moment. Cause again, Howard Shore comes in, comes in and he is awesome. And mm-hmm. he is, he gets that, uh, um, that, that March of the ends music starts playing. Yeah. And you're just like, yes, yes. There's but I always hate watching. I, I, I hate wa- watching that tree. That tree when get, it gets on fire, uh, set on fire. Oh my gosh, it's, it's, that's yeah. the worst noise when he when he cries out. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. I love that Mary and Pippin tricked Treebeard. Yeah. Like, oh, wait. Can we go south instead? Like, I just I just want to see something. He goes, yeah, we'll just go south because he knows they took all day to say good morning, <laughs> and then they took hours longer to be like, we've decided you're not orcs. And they're like, mother of God, people are dying. Yeah. <laughs> and when he gets it, it's. Another heartbreaking performance with Treebeard when he sees the trees. I know. And he's like, these are my friends. Like, I know these people. And you mentioned the orcs going into the forest and getting destroyed. Extended. Not in the original guide. What the heck? Uh-huh. That whole when, like, when Treebeard does the giant call and he's like, we're going to Isengard. They have business elsewhere. Those trees are going to Helm's Deep to wait for the forest for the orcs to come out and fight them. Uh... Yeah, that whole bit is not in the original. And everything with Merry and Pippin, finding the food and finding the pipe weed, all extended. I figured that, that was. It. Yeah. I love fun, the Battle of Isengard. Releasing the dam and all that. Yeah. And just like squishing orcs left and right. And Saruman doesn't know what to do. It's so awesome. I know. I, I wanted to mention too, I love, I'm going to give Sam some cred here. Here we go. Um, <laughs> the, the part when, when the Nazgul, like, comes up and Frodo almost puts the ring on and Sam stops him and then Frodo pulls Sting on Sam. Like that's yeah. so sad. And he's like, it's me. It's your Sam. You don't it's even your know Sam. your Sam. Uh. And then Frodo's like, I can't do this. <laughs> and then that's when we get the great, the great inspiring speech that leads us through the end yep. of the movie. But mm, that part is rough and my heart really breaks for Sam there because that's, I mean, that's when, when you realize, like, he is when, he's not able to control what's happening. When we get to Return of the King and the Go Home, Sam, I'm going to warn you and everyone now, Whoa. I'm going to be very passionate, and okay. I want to apologize ahead of time. I am, too, because I will <laughs> I will tell you. See, I told you my journey with Sam gets better along the way. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's all a journey. Um, and when I did watch uh, Return of the King for the first time, that broke my heart. And I was like, how could he do that? I mean, yeah. it all makes sense. But I yeah. was really sad. Yeah, so. it starts here, and it's really sad. But yeah. I, I do love that we get to, like, this is this speech here, that's who Sam is as a character. Mm-hmm. Through and through right there. Like, even in the midst of everything else, he's like, by rights, we shouldn't even be here. But this is what, this is the hands we're dealt. It's like when Gandalf says in the first one, you know, nobody wants to be a part of these times, but all we have to decide is what to do with the time that we're given. Mm-hmm. And Sam is the perfect representation of, like, this sucks. Yeah, it absolutely does. But that's what we do. Like, there are good things in the world and they're worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And I love that that is what changes Faramir's mind. 
because yeah. he feels the exact same way, you know, and he had a moment where like, I'm going to give this to my dad and it'll be fine. But then he realizes at that moment, no, there's something bigger than that. This is the fate of the world. This is important. I'm going to let you guys go. It's just, oh, I just love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love it. You know what? I just realized I was thinking you, you were right about that speech. And I was thinking of the, the little closeout speech between where, oh, where yeah, Sam the, and Frodo are the like, stories. I want to hear the story about oh, Sam, yeah. you know, like that. Yeah. Which is a very, not as like emotionally stirring, it's sweet, but though. adorable. It's yeah. so sweet. Adorable. Absolutely agreed. And, it, yeah. and, and, and it's also a nice meta commentary again, because people do, I want to know the story of Samwise Gamble. Yeah. I, know. You know, I do. I love it. So. Shouldn't make fun. I wasn't. Oh, the heart. I- I also have to mention another good Legolas Gimli part. 42? That's not bad for a pointy-eared elvish princeling. <laughs> also extended. That. Oh, that part's extended. That little bit when he's like, 43. He was twitching. He was twitching because he has my axe in his head. <laughs> Love that so much. I just, yeah. I, I adore them. They're All great. extended. I, for years and years and years, when they're first fighting, I thought... Uh, when they start counting, he's like, oh, I've got two already. And he's like, I'm on 17. Ah! I thought Gimli said, there's no point to your outscoring me. And that's what I thought for literally years. And then I remember one day I, I caught exactly what he says. He says, I'll have no pointy ear outscoring me. <laughs> <laughs> so Gimli calls Legolas a pointy ear. He does it a few <laughs> times, I guess. That's funny. <laughs> it's oh, great. Man. It's great. Well, Love guys, it. we made it. We did it. We you survived, it. Jim. Congratulations. <laughs> I did. I did. I. You know what? It was. It, I. It, honestly, it felt like a journey. I feel like I've journeyed to Mordor at this point. Was it an unexpected journey? It was. It was. <laughs> a, 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 there were a lot. I, a lot of highs and lows, and uh, I'm just glad <laughs> to have made it with you. You guys are like my my Samwise. I, say, I don't know who's Gollum. I don't want to call somebody Gollum. I'll feel bad. I. I I'm, I'm Sam. Called it. I don't want to be Gollum. <laughs> I also don't want to be Carl Urban in a wig. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, but he's so wide. He's a very wide man. He is, he is quite <laughs> quite broad of chest. <laughs> oh man, well, um, this was this was so fun. I'm glad we went through this, this together. Thank you, Jim, for for joining us on this episode. This was really nice. Yeah, yeah it's not for thank the you guys. Art. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to have come on and talk about this film series, which I we you know we talked about this right beforehand. But just wanted to say like it's very hard. Um, we all love Star Wars, and I said to you guys like you know for me it's easy if someone's like oh you know I'm not that into Star Wars I'm like okay that's that's fair as long as they're not mean about it or whatever mm-hmm. being smug. But like if someone says I don't like Lord of the Rings, it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> in a that's weird a character way flaw. <laughs> because they are so wholesome and yeah. they're not overly sentimental. They're not like, they're not like, they're just the purest, like content, like, like the purest form of like a story about good and evil and yep. the best of us, mm-hmm. you know, sh- struggling during the worst of times. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lovely story with amazing characters. So, um, it's been a part of my life for 20 years and I've really, really enjoyed, um, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, and again, thank you for letting me come on and 
yell at you about Gandalf versus the Balrog. For like <laughs> it was so minutes. tame. You didn't even. You didn't even. Yeah, that was nothing, Jim. Have you, you heard know, stuff I, I've done in the past? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't done a lot of podcasting, so I was like, if I start screaming right now, how much will it mess up Savannah's edit? So <laughs> not at all. Like, so I was trying to be considerate. What's that like? I was trying to. Be yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I love. I think you mentioned this before we started recording too, but I love that you said that these movies are so wholesome like i think that's such a good word to sum up the lord of the rings and i loved that you said that yeah it's true yeah i mean again and wholesome sometimes can mean like i guess what we would say now like kind of cringy but they're not cringy Mm -hmm. like no it's they are they're just very open and honest and good movies like there's just such a there's such a quality to them that makes them that makes Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings, you know? Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. I love them. Me too. Jim, before we uh, re- relinquish you back into the world of non Lord of the Rings discussion, um, where can people <laughs> find you online? Where can they find all of your wonderful uh, tweets? Uh, currently, they can only find me on Twitter at, uh, at uh, ObsKenobes. And uh, I think that's that's pretty much it right now. I think I've kind of stripped myself of all other forms of social media, but there may be some things in the future. But right now, that's where you can find me, Dopes Canobes. Though there, there there was an errant Lord of the Rings tweet today too, so you never know. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I saw the tweets. I was here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the tweets. More of that, please. Um, well, thank you for joining us. This was so fun. And for our listeners, thank you for listening. We will be back in two weeks with a discussion on the behind the scenes of the two towers. So until then, I still do not have a closing. Brian does, and I'm going to let him take it away. Fly, you fools. 